On this episode, we discuss 80 for Brady. In which we get a little bit shady about this group of ladies who are 80 for Tom Brady and a little crazy. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Getting into some slant rhymes at the end. Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Oh, hey, Dan. It's me, Stuart Wellington. <laughs> and I'm over here, Elliot Kalen, probably still manning the picket lines. We're recording this episode a little bit about a week early, uh, but it's very possible that the Writers Guild is still on strike. And I want to thank everyone out there who's supporting us for supporting us during these mm-hmm. hard times where we fight for what's best for us and also what's best for the entire, entire entertainment worker creative community. Yeah, like I support by sending uh, you guys like little memes and funny videos in the group chat. Yeah, right? that's how you support you, you us. Do. Thank you. You, you do. You send us and you, with, with a text message that says, drop whatever shit you're doing right now and watch this, <laughs> yeah. which I can't always do put, since usually I'm carrying sign a sign and yeah, put walking the sign around down. chanting. But, uh, I mean, Stuart is the wind beneath our wings. Let's, <laughs> let's is, be clear he, about that. Would I rather he went to entertainmentcommunity.org and donated to the Entertainment Community Fund to help film and television professionals? Sure, yeah, but sending us... Silly memes mm, is also helping I can, us, yeah. The thing is, I'm a man who can do both, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> it's very I, can, I can fill your heart and your wallet. Why not both? <laughs> Audrey just, uh, Audrey has a picture of herself where she's like, don't I look so much like the why not both girl? And so she's made a version of it that she now uses with friends. And, <laughs> and like it's gotten to a point that I don't even notice it's not the original the why original not both meme. meme any. Um, that's, I feel like that's the next level is, uh, instead of, uh, doing like me and immediately Googling critters gif, instead (laughs) I'll make my own, my own little gif, my own little reaction video of myself. That's similar to how, uh, situation. Similar to how I have a picture of, uh, of my sons looking at the camera smiling while a house burns in the background. Much like (laughs) the the meme of the same. Did they light that that house on fire? I'm not going to say we're being recorded. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, well, we should probably it, explain this podcast for anyone. So this who is a podcast where I incriminate my children it. into cr- in crimes. <laughs> They're just trying to live out their Manchester by the Sea fantasy experience. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shouldn't have shown them Manchester by the Sea. Oh, that was that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a podcast. They said they wanted to learn more about grief, so I showed them mm-hmm. that and Margaret. And at, mm-hmm. on second thought, maybe that were maybe they weren't ready yet for so much mm-hmm. Kenneth Lonergan. Yeah. Uh, this is a podcast where we watch a movie that, you know, had a, a shaky reaction either at the box office or critically. Uh, flop is, is, is used in a wide range of meanings here. Uh, and then we talk about it. We, we discuss it. We see what we think about it. And this time we watched 80 for Brady, the, the film that I had, to, guys, I just want to take over uh-huh. quickly for a moment here. When I saw yeah. the trailer to this movie. You were already in movie, charge, but sure, continue, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I saw the trailer to this movie, I the was trick so... trick to being in charge, by the way, is I you was... tell everyone <laughs> that you're in charge. <laughs> well, and make it seem like the others are in charge, but you're just borrowing it for a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the president in the middle of the State of the Union address. <laughs> Very... He's like, and if I could talk for a little bit longer, and it's like, you got the floor, man. You're the yeah. president. Just go <laughs> for it. So why we're all here. Pulls a Ross Perot, like, excuse me, excuse me, can I talk? It's <laughs> a really old reference. Can anyway, I um. No, did you have the same reaction that I did to the trailer? When I saw the trailer, I'm like, what is this movie trying to sell me? That like this is like this movie is 
is uh, is sold on the premise of like these four older women want to go to the Super Bowl. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, as if and that's I'm crazy. like, yeah. I'm like the Super Bowl is the biggest event in the most popular sport in America. Something that is not to my taste, certainly, but I do not you find would rather it have unbelievable. A, a you would literally have a soup or bowl. You'd rather yeah, have a bowl with soup or some that. other food in it. Yeah. Yeah, well, for yeah, me personally, you, not for a movie. Yeah, I think Dan, that you, also would be how kind of How do you of feel boring. about— look, look at a bowl of soup, yeah. <laughs> Dan, how do you feel about the Super Bowl or just, like, football in general? Uh, I would say that I watch w- one game of football a year. Mm-hmm. It is usually it's the Super Bowl. The Puppy Bowl, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am there because I am, you know, either at a friend's house or Audrey's family is having a Super Bowl party. Or you just smoke too much of the good shit and you mm-hmm. ended up there, you know? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, I guess that's another type of Super Bowl you can have. But um, <laughs> yeah, When he emerged from yeah. his haze, he realized he was at a Super Bowl party. <laughs> but, who ate all know, these chips? Guy who just wandered in. Oh, oh wow. hey, man, I was hungry. Elliot's practicing for his upcoming stoner comedy. I am. This is my, this is my <laughs> SNL my SNL character. I'm not sure if I'm auditioning yet as guy who's mad that a stoner wandered into a Super Bowl party <laughs> or stoner who wandered into a Super Bowl party. I think yeah. maybe yeah. both characters in the audition, yeah. I'll let Lauren figure out which one I'm best at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's my, I mean, like I see a, I, I see a game a year. It's I get why it's exciting. I just can't sustain that interest in it and i have all the usual like finger waving issues with you know like people getting seriously just because it destroys people's brains and (laughs) their bodies for the entertainment of others but Mm -hmm. yeah it's not to my taste but i understand that it is extremely popular so when this movie's like can you believe these ladies i'm like yes i can easily believe that four american women are are such fans of football that they and Tom Brady, a very popular sports figure, that they would want to go to the Super Bowl. You got to sell me something else, movie. I mean, and I guess the movie is selling me these four uh, actors, these actresses who are wonderful, and yeah, I yeah, all great. Let's for. right up top but, before before it gets weird. We can all agree. They can all still get it, right, guys? Yes. Before you guys get gross when Dan, about it. When Dan was like, did you have the same reaction I did? I want to be like, arousal? Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. gorgeous Constant. still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure, there's that. I mean, we don't need to turn it into that. But now, Why are you making it weird? I told, Dan, told us not to make it weird. Yeah, you're making it weird, and we're not making it weird. We're just being mm. open about the fact that they're gorgeous women. and I just that feel they, like if we bring it up now and get it out of the way, it'll we don't save have to you all this like sweating. I it up. First values that above perhaps their acting ability, which is also tremendous. And in some cases, of- like and and like Jane Fonda's uh, her various charity work and her mm-hmm. activism. Like, come on, Dan. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> wait, 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 yeah, wait, Dan, there's I, there's, there's a lot that Jane Fonda took a lot of shit for in her life that she was right yes. about in in retrospect. So let's just Certainly. let's be okay with that for a moment, okay? Uh, <laughs> let's. Then you got you got how did, how did I become the heel in this? Look, three quarters of them are Oscar winners, right? I don't think Lily Tomlin has ever won an Oscar. Uh, uh, but they're all they're they're an amazing group of talents. When I, in my neighborhood for a long time, there was a big eighty for Brady billboard that was I saw almost every day when and I was you driving. Saluted back into my it every time you drove. Every time <laughs> while I was driving, I stood up, I saluted, yeah. I stopped whatever and I was doing for singing, a moment Ain't of silence. That America. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, and the, the funny thing was, every time we drove past it, my wife would be like. What is, is that movie just about that they like football? Like, that's it? Basically saying what Dan yeah. was saying. And also, I had to keep reminding myself that it was not the book club ladies, that Jane Fonda is the only crossover between book club and 80 for Brady, right? Yeah. 
But it'd but be it is crazy if to... there was a full on crossover. Though. It would it be because well, easy... then there'd be two Jane Fondas. Were she leading a double <laughs> life? Yeah, that's the. I mean, these are the questions the trailer is going to ask, and the and movie again, will have to answer. I think and that again, is. Just, the... And I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say right here, so we, so it's not awkward. Two Jane Fondas, every American man's fantasy. So that... <laughs> yeah. So stop. Don't we bring so it up Dan, now, Dan? Dan so it doesn't get weird it. later. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Look, uh, yes, they're all very beautiful, but also they're Whoa, Hollywood legends. Like Let's be begrudging um, about it, Dan. And they're also <laughs> Hollywood. And and yes, there's a certain amount of why are these women at this point in their career making a movie like this? It's partly I have to assume because there's not that many roles for women in their their age group. There should be more. It's partly because it's they just have fun together. Fun, yeah, I Maybe mean they're all big football fans. I don't the, know. I mean, you you mentioned book club before. But other than Jane Fonda, like that's the obvious point of. Of content of like uh, you know like reference for this movie where it's like oh this was successful with if you put some older legendary actors in a movie that that will oftentimes uh, become like a sleeper hit whether it be that like older people who would like that feel underserved or the a wide variety of ages who are like just admirers of these people want to come out and see this movie. Uh, I found this film a little thin. <laughs> we'll get into it. I would it, say it but... is extremely thin. It is it's as if they it is as if they filmed the outline. And this movie, so I don't know how much they they actually how I don't know what stage they were involved in. But this movie credits as its writers Sarah Haskins and Emily Halpern, who wrote Booksmart, which is which I loved. which yes, I thought was a really a fantastic movie. Stretch. And so it's I'm very I'm very I wish that I wish that we had them here so I could be like. Was this movie rewritten a lot? Did you, they only give you two days? Because this is one of those like gig jobs the uh, the producers are trying to create, you mm-hmm. know, to, to uh, steal money away from writers and make it so our careers crash and burn and none of us can survive and or support our families. Like what uh-huh. happened here? Did they rewrite it all on set? Did the did the ladies decide they just wanted to ad lib it through and they didn't even read any of it? Because it is a movie that is it, it is there is one scene in it that I found funny, which I felt bad about because they're funny performers. And by coincidence, I was re- watching this movie. At the same time that for another thing, I am reading uh, the the book version of The Search for Science of Intelligent Life in the Universe. And so it was like I was – which Lily Tomlin originated in the as, as a one-woman show. She didn't write it, but she originated it. But it's like – it was like I was experiencing the highs and lows of Lily Tomlin's career at the exact <laughs> same time. And it was really giving me Lily Tomlin whiplash, you know. Uh, Stuart's already making you know, saddened. Yeah, our my, my of- enthusiasm is <laughs> draining away. But this yeah. is so so but you d- have, d- so you have unbunged my uh what uh my barrel of enthusiasm mm-hmm. and well, my that's enthusiasm's why I, dripping all over the floor. <laughs> We're going to have to get a fucking mop. It's so sticky. But here's the thing guys, it just means it's time for another episode and by another episode I mean the first episode of Flop Court. That's right, Flop Court. We're still okay. is the is the lawyer for the defense. Oh, Dan, I do declare. <laughs> uh, oh, he's Dan, just a simple Dan country me, lawyer. <laughs> Dan or me can be the lawyer for the the, prosec- the plaintiff, the prosecution. And actually, we should be the prosecution. And for judge, let's say, uh, I guess— uh, Only the Lord can judge us, Elliot. <laughs> I guess it has to be the Lord. So the Lord will decide at the end wow, of the episode okay. who's right. So, yeah. Stuart, okay, I, I was going to do the summary for— 80 for Brady, but as the defense, you can go first. Would you rather I go through the summary and you defend the movie point by point as we go, or do you want to give a general overall opening statement about why 80 for Brady is not barely a movie and a waste of everyone's time? (laughs) 
See, in this world of complicated entertainment options, uh -huh. sometimes you just want to watch something simple, you know? Maybe a couple old ladies who like football, specifically a football team captained by quarterback Thomas Brady. Uh, and a rehashing of his successful Super Bowl experience in Super Bowl, what is that, a million? Which Super Bowl was that? Something, one of the Super Bowls. The one against the Falcons. Now, now, could that movie also feature the likes of Billy Porter, <laughs> Guy Fieri, Harry Hamlin? Of course it could. Ron Funches? There's no Everybody's in Patton Oswalt's. I will Patton say, Oswalt's in I, did, I did audibly gasp when the opening credits <clears throat> included the name Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a larger role in this <laughs> than yeah, I ever could have expected. He deserves that opening credits billing. I think he, he has as much screen time as Billy Porter, I think, which is, been, which, yeah. is, uh, was, and, which is objectively strange. And more than Bob Balaban. <laughs> yeah, that's, although that's true. Bob Balaban, you do get to see him without pants on. Which I uh -huh. haven't seen since the movie Girlfriends, where you briefly get to see him nude. So this is uh, mm. so that was a, for Bob Bala fans out there. Uh -huh. <laughs> this, this is a nice moment. You finally got to see that what he's hiding under those slacks all this time. So I feel like I made my point. It's it's just a you know a fun time of the movies. Check your brain at <laughs> the door. Uh huh. Pop some all right. popcorn. Pop Ar some the, <laughs> the argument kind of fell apart near the end there. Wow, I, like I didn't you, realize you were the fucking judge too, dude. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like you make stronger arguments as a southern as a southern lawyer than as a, so. Yeah. As, as, so uh, taking over for the for the prosecution, I think I will just describe the plot of the movie, and I think the yeah. listeners will, will get the idea. <laughs> so the movie begins. It's. We're in Boston. It's the 2017 AFC Championship game between Boston and the Steelers. And our ladies, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, and Sally Field, they are old friends who are getting together to watch the game, and they are superstitious, especially Lily Tomlin as Lou, who's the biggest Pats fan in the house. And they all have to sit in exactly the same places they were and do the exact same things they did when they there was a kickoff that led to a victory once. Sally Field is on a ladder changing a light bulb. Lily Tomlin has to spill a bowl of chips. Jane Fonda has to be reading a magazine at a table in the other room. Uh, and it it, it feel, it's supposed to be heartwarming, but it seemed also like a devastating portrayal of obsessive compulsive disorder. That they, that like, <laughs> yeah. that they were like, if we don't do these exact things, then the Patriots will lose and Tom Brady will die. So we have mm -hmm. to do them. Uh, and they all have a crush on Tom Brady. They are all incredibly open to how physically lustful they are for him. Was, he, was this before or after he uh, showed up to the Kentucky Derby dressed like Judge Doom? <laughs> <laughs> Did, did you he remember do that? that? Yeah, no. yeah. He looked totally just like I, Judge Doom. It's hilarious. With the glasses and everything? Yes. That's. I mean, what else would he wear? Like and, a fucking crazy uh, animated face? And when he was followed by cartoon weasels with razor blades <laughs> and guns? Man, if that's my fucking goal in life, guys, is to have the weasels from Roger Rabbit follow me around and just do my bidding. <laughs> Granted, they would be bad at it. They wouldn't always Wait, that's no, they always goal screw up. in life. They always screw that's up. That's my goal in life, yeah. Especially the your, one in the straitjacket. You're not saying jacket. that's your dream. You're saying that's your goal. So <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an a thing that you're working towards. Yeah, it's a smart it's goal. A it's doable it's his thing. His, his five-year plan, <laughs> by year okay. three, he has those weasels because they help him get to the next two years. What happens in the first year of this five-year plan? 
Five-year plan. This is a twenty-year plan, guys. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. First step: good. discover tuned. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna <laughs> yeah, take that's a while. First step. First, and then I and then I saw I you mean, put out and then it's putting out a want ad in the Toontown uh, Times uh, yes, for looking for a looking you. for adopting weasels. baby weasels who you know you can raise and sort of imprint. Oh, so they imprint it, on you. Yeah, it really is a twenty-year plan. Uh, so yeah. I should I should yeah. mention I should, I should mention I don't know if it's before or after that. Uh, it's I should mention that Tom they all have a crush on Tom Brady except for Jane Fonda who's a crush on Rob Gronkowski Tom mm. Brady's teammate who also known as Gronk and she writes Gronkowski erotica which at this point in the movie I assumed was like internet fan fiction but later mm-hmm. on in the film spoiler we'll see that it has you been published in hardcover <laughs> yeah. and is for sale at the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah yeah, and those, she has a I don't think those were base. licensed resellers it seemed, she seemed sort of confused the fact that they I don't know she is surprised to see her work there, but she is uh, excited to autograph and then lead a, a seated reading of mm-hmm. her book. Of a, her surprisingly tame Gronkowski erotica. It really, it really wow, yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. cover the, the physical act of lovemaking. It just yeah, kind of hints at it. Elliot wasn't leaving snail trails after hearing that. Okay. <laughs> Why do we? Well, I was, but only because I was watching this in the town from Uzumaki, so I'd been turned into a snail man. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the spiral grew on my shell. Eventually, oh, I was, eventually my family got me home, and I was okay. That's the yeah. thing. Dan, once you see the fucking spiral, like, you can't unsee it, and then everything becomes a spiral. It's crazy. Have you read Uzumaki? I haven't, but I assume it's like how ever since you've said snail trail, I can't stop thinking about (laughs) snail trail and getting grossed out. It's kind of like that. I mean, Uzumaki Uzumaki is, for listeners who know, it's a Japanese manga, and it it, it posits that spirals are like Pringles, and that once you pop, you can't stop. Once you see one spiral, (laughs) you got to chase that spiral. That was going to be the the tagline on the book cover. And I think my favorite moment in the entire series is when uh, the main character, she has gone through a series of unfortunate events, that's for sure. Mm. She's been in the hospital. (laughs) Uh, She... She, her, her cousin is in the hospital. Her cousin becomes all the ladies, all the pregnant ladies in the hospital are using hand drills to steal blood from people. Their blood filled babies, oh, when they're born, Lord. can talk and want to return to the womb. And they are a, a doctor reinserts a baby into her cousin's womb. The cousin emerges and starts drinking the blood of the doctor. And the main character leaves. And the last caption of the chapter is like, I never went back to that hospital. And that's it. It's just. Like, throughout the series, cr- like horrific things happen, and the character goes, "That was nuts," and then moves on to the next, the next chapter. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's why he's the master of modern horror. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So anyway, okay. uh, we learn a little bit about each of our characters. L- to be cl- so, Lily Tomlin, Lou. She had a cancer scare at one point, and being a Patriots fan really got her through it. Jane Fonda. She used to be a spokesmodel for like a department store chain or something like that, and now she writes. Gronk erotica. Uh, Rita Moreno, she's a widow and she cannot stop talking about her dead husband. She just misses him so much. And Sally Field is the nerdy math professor who is married to Bob Balaban, who is a very clingy husband who needs her advice on his academic papers. He just cannot cannot function without her giving yeah. him advice on his and, academic and papers. He's really holding her back. Yeah. And this, I'm glad that you, you know, outlined the characters as such, Elliot, because that's about as far as the movie does. <laughs> like, yeah. it, if a movie has ever relied on just the simple presence of the performers to give you like a sense of who the people might be, not even who they are, but like who they might be and 
for you to like them, it is this film because I they are all basically ciphers to me. Yeah, yeah, the characters, the and it takes and it took me I think thirty five minutes to figure out that about their personalities. It is really just it is like you were watching Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, and Sally Field just walking around being them. You know, be, acting as if they were themselves, aside from these tiny when, little pieces of character. When 80 for Brady does it, Dan, you don't like it. But when your favorite movie, Birdman, does it and casts Michael <laughs> Keaton, you're like, oh, yum, 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 gimme. <laughs> Wait, I don't, I don't understand the connection between these I, I love that Dan isn't even fighting the idea that Birdman is his favorite movie. That's how, that's how, that's how <laughs> off balance you threw him. He's already, he, Dan, he, Dan, Stewart's already won the war while you're still fighting the battle, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he has totally, totally made it impossible to see I mean, you as a proper hate judge of like anything. Other now. people do, but I also you didn't even notice he had hit you with the sword until your head fell off. Yeah, because I was so confused by how they related to now. one another. What a rhetorical ninja. Anyway, uh, I thought you were going to make the point, Stuart, that that the, the movie yeah. is just so full of life that it's seamless, like a like a. Yeah. Like a professional magician, you don't even notice the trick is you being played, so yeah. you think there's no trick. Yeah. But really, it's that there's very little put into these characters. Uh, here's the here's the here's the gist of it. Lily Tomlin wants to go to the Super Bowl to see Tom Brady play, and they can't <laughs> yeah. afford it. Luckily, there's a TV hotline, two Patriots announcers, and this is how lackluster and how lazy this movie is with some of the ways it does things. I didn't even notice until halfway through the movie that one of these sportscasters is Rob Corddry, someone I know personally. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. because he did the accent. He, has he did that, the accent. That beautiful Boston accent. But I've heard him do that Boston accent before. But I, I realized I was like, wait a minute, were there no close-up shots of either of these two characters, or was ju- or just one of? It? Like I couldn't tell. But it was it was way through it, through the movie that I realized that it was Cordry. Maybe that's because he disappears into the into the yep. character. I don't know. Yeah, this was. Is this a? So this is supposed to be like a a local sports show, I mm-hmm. guess. Yes. Like, but it has like, a national reach. Yeah, because it's shot like it's an internet show with like the graphics are very like internet-y. I don't know. Like that was part of the confusion. I'm like, is this like something that is popular or is this like a local radio station? Well, and it I also cannot seems tell. To, it also mm, seems to come yeah. on right after the game too. So it's already, they don't change the channel, I don't think. So here's the thing. This movie, okay, it's set in 2017, but I think what it really is is very sharply positing the future that the – uh, Writers Guild is trying to fight against, in mm-hmm. which ca- in which all yep. of entertainment is collapsed into one thing. There is there are no standards. There are no professionals. A local internet web series is also a national sportscasting thing. Your mom's Gronk erotica that she's writing in her living room <laughs> mm-hmm. as a hobby is also a major bestseller published in hardcover. There's no yeah. difference between professional and amateur. None of us get paid for any of it, and we're just, we're because the machines have taken it from us. That's what the guild is trying to fight against. And 80 for Brady, I realize now, is a chilling vision of that future. So, yeah. Stuart, maybe you're right. Maybe there's more to this movie than I thought there was. Yeah. yeah. I anyway, guess we got to apologize. Anyway, well, they, I mean, we can we can do that during the final judgment. Yeah, yeah. You guys apologize to me. Anyway, they decide to enter the contest. That's the gist of what's happening there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rita Moreno, she lives at, an, at a senior center. Uh, and Even uh, though I believe she has her own home, she stays there because that's where her husband was. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, I couldn't quite understand why she was living there. And she is consistently not getting that Glenn Turman, a, another, uh, another person there, wants her bad. And it's like, was, that's Glenn Turman. He was married to Aretha Franklin. Like, go yeah. for it. You know, like he's, he's a great catch. I was glad to see that he had um, 
survived the gremlin attack that he had been through. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, he's been in many things since <laughs> since gremlins. But oh, really? I'm glad that, yeah. But I mean, most recently, Dan saw him in gremlins. Yeah, most recently. That's most, okay, because he was the mayor of Baltimore for quite some time, you know, in uh, in, in, in television. So, uh, but that's, yeah, it's good. It is good that he survived the gremlin I think, attack. I, think that that, I love, I, think, I love the idea that this is now, this is now canon to me is that's the same character. <laughs> yeah. He was a science teacher, you know. He was stabbed with some sort of hypodermic, but you know what? He survived. Maybe it just really slowed his heart down or whatever. And yeah. now, you know, he's seen some things in his time, and he's retired. And he since moved to the to New England, and is, <laughs> it is retired. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, I think that that sticks in my head from childhood so much because it was one of the first times I saw in a, like a movie where like a character who was not bad per se, like just got killed in a in a horror thing and uh-huh. like it was just sort of casually like oh well there's his body he's well, got just, a, and, and then you don't see it happen butt, right and you don't like, you don't see, really yeah. see the moment when he dies they just they find his body yeah yeah and uh yeah, and you're like you know, like bad things could happen it's it's all just chaos right to me right now yeah now, it's it's but, chaos <laughs> there's no there's no moral uh scales in this universe mm-hmm. there's no good there's no evil there's just man there's no just gods, Brady. no masters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no and uh, the I, I I do like the idea that uh, Rita Moreno's like, well, you know, ever since my husband died, he's like, I understand, I understand. You know, little laughing reptilian creatures <laughs> with big ears once attacked the, the school that I worked at. <laughs> so I get what it's like. I get it. Uh, so uh, so anyway, uh, they, it turns out that they, we see a flashback where they stumbled on the, their first Tom Brady game when when uh, Lily Tomlin's character was going through chemotherapy and. She was ready to give up, I guess, on life. Uh, and but then, uh, but then Tom Brady's persistence on the field and his ability to come back really inspired her. And she's ready to give up on this contest. There's, they're never going to win. When a Tom Brady bobblehead in maybe the most frightening moment in the movie starts telling her, "Let's go," and it's a, it's this is the first time that we see this character hallucinate Tom Brady giving her advice personally, and it opens up a door to a more interesting movie that I wish that I wish they had followed <laughs> yeah. with. That's kind of like a uh, kind of like a Harvey, except instead of Harvey the Rabbit, it's Tom Brady mm-hmm. that that is her imaginary mm-hmm. friend. Yeah, I don't know if you're like it's a little later in the movie. I don't know if you're getting to it. There's like a scene where we get to actually see them all see Tom Brady for the first time, and I don't know if this bothered you guys, but the, they were all immediately like. Oh, you know, he's so cute. He's so, I mean, like, and I've, you know, I looked up Tom Brady at that point in the movie. I mean, you mm-hmm. see his full sure. face later on, yeah, but yeah. I was like, sure, yeah. I looked him up. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a handsome man, but right now he has a big helmet on and like the little like black marks under his eyes. Like, I mean, I, some people love that. Dan, just look at international sex in, symbol, Judge Dredd. Yeah, I, a man in uniform, dude. I just, like, I Judge don't Dredd. think yeah. the shot that they used in the film. Indicated that, like, I, I his well, face was fully obscured. Well, because here's the thing, Dan. Here's the thing, Dan. Tom Brady. Yeah. This movie takes it for granted that you are already on board with Tom Brady being a god who mm-hmm. who strides the earth like a colossus and as everything a man could hope to be, want to be, and work towards and fail to achieve because he's a semi divine being. The movie just takes that for granted and does not bother to build it up. And at a certain point, I mean, Tom Brady is a producer on this movie, which is, which so it, at points I was like, I want to know, did he develop this or did they just attach him like because did he say oh, well i'm gonna be a producer if i'm in it because if he developed it then it is essentially like a vanity piece where about him being so great he's like it's like um like it's rare that you see a movie where someone 
produces Like being a John movie. Malkovich. Well, but except in being John Malkovich, John Malkovich portrays himself as a jerk. He's a creep and a jerk. And what? Like, <laughs> I, it's, the, the most the most heroic thing he does in the movie is he is he find is he's very polite when he's finding out what color towels are available when he's ordering them over the phone. But it's the it's it's very strange to see a movie produced by somebody that's all about what a great person they are and like that's what Tommy Wiseau does. Like it's a it's so that the movie takes it for granted that you are already a huge fan of Tom Brady. Like that you already yeah. know who he is, what he looks like. That you, you're all you're aware of his history, and you think he's the best already. They they don't a character never kind of like has to explain what what it is that makes Tom Brady great until it gets the very end when Lily Tomlin gives her inspiring motivational speech. Well, but we'll get to that. Can I say a little bit? Uh, so because you thought little, it was the Brady Bunch, you thought originally this movie was about the Brady Bunch, yeah. but there's eighty kids. By the way, what, I mean like. 84 uh, kids. Off of this, what little I know about the production. 84. You thought it was called 84 Brady's. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what little I know of the production is, you know, at the end of this thing, they show like four women and they're like inspired by a true story. And they're truly using inspired in the like, the 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 sense of like oh I saw a thing and it inspired me <laughs> like like the connection is there was an over 80 for Tom Brady club that developed with some women and they went to the Super Bowl at one point and that's it. Just, <laughs> like, that's all you need to make the, a movie. I guess so. Uh, again, it really is. And these women hung out with Guy Fieri. No, they did a none dance. Of that, none of the shenanigans <laughs> happened. It just happened to be that there were some elderly women who liked Tom Brady. So wait, and so they're Dan, like, oh, that could be a cute movie. Why? I don't know. Why then? <laughs> so, so you don't like it that this movie played fast and loose with the facts, but when your favorite movie, Birdman, posits that Michael <laughs> Keaton had a psychotic break while starring on Broadway, something that never happened, you're okay with that. You're fine. Yeah. Give it the best picture. Weird. The best movie of the year, you say. Elliot, mm-hmm. play you- faster and looser with the facts because <laughs> so little happens in this film that essentially it is, I guess, in the spirit of like, yeah – so Get which one is it, Dan? I don't know why I'm. Like- I don't know why I'm on Stewart's side all of a sudden. Which one yeah. is it, Dan? Did they did they deviate from the facts too much, or is there nothing happening in the, the movie? You I'm can't just, have it both game, ways. I'm playing the game. That's I'm the saying thing. that it's not a premise for a film. <laughs> also, over eighty for Tom Brady. While clunky, at least makes sense as a sentiment. Whereas eighty for Brady, it it's is like eighty what for Brady? What Master. are we giving him? Well, that's when they, when they blew the rest of the dust off the book. It said how to cook eighty for Brady. <laughs> oh yeah, no! Yeah. Uh, so the anyway, or how to serve eighty for Brady? I apologize. <laughs> anyway, so the uh, so they Lily. Don't Lily apologize to me. Apologize to the grave of Rod Serling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and and the writers of the Treehouse of Horror episode yeah. that, was, that referenced it. Uh, so Lily Tomlin, she reveals to her friends that she won the tickets, and you're like, why wasn't there a scene where she won? Well, you'll find out, movie going fans, because mm-hmm. uh, it's very obvious what she's doing. Uh, she says they won the tickets. Her uh, her object work in this scene and in a lot of scenes is kind of funny because she seems so annoyed to have to do anything that she's like, <laughs> oh, I'll just pull this stuff out of this. What? Who cares? And she's like <laughs> dropping things. It's really great. I like it. Yeah, they ha- she has a, she has a gender reveal box uh, to to reveal the tickets, and they're like, what? A boy or what? And she's like, it's not a gender reveal. It's just a reveal. And yeah, she seems very annoyed at the props they've handled her, which it's is great. Very funny. It's so good. Which is, it's a little flash of the real Lily Tomlin, which I enjoy. Uh, so uh, Jane Fonda breaks up with her boyfriend and Lily Tomlin cheers her up. And uh, re- this, and we- And I like, I like, I like this scene because this is a, I think this is one of the only scenes where Jane Fonda has, she's a, you know, she's a, 
she she's somewhat image obsessed. She has this large collection of wigs. She's always every time she goes out, she's all done up. And this mm-hmm. is this scene. She has no wig at all. Her hair is very short. She has no. But she has less makeup on. Minimal yeah. makeup. Uh, yeah, and it's good. Yeah, character. it's really cool. Yeah, so you get to see you get to see her uh, unshielded by yeah. by the thing the barriers she puts up between her and the world. Uh, they they they're gonna they've got to go to the, they've got to go get, catch the plane to get to uh, is it Texas where the game is being held? I think it's and, Texas, yeah. And uh, but they've got a problem. Rita Moreno has fallen asleep while Glenn Turman is talking <laughs> to her because she took the medication that Jimmy O Yang as a, as the one of the aides at the at the uh, retirement home has given her. So they've got to go and they can't wake her up for some reason. So they well wheel, for the so they have this bullshit reason. That, <laughs> sorry, don't skim over it because this is one of the things that annoyed me the most. Where it's like they try and make a bit out of it, but I'm like, even if you make a bit out of it, this makes no sense. Where it's like we take. Sleeping very seriously here, and Jimmy O'Yang's Jimmy O'Yang just trying to get a little to more like screen a time, and you're hating on him over here. Sleeping seriously, uh, which in another movie could be funny, but I'm busy being angry. Like you just say to someone, "We're going to miss a plane, a yes. flight." Like yes. you, you well, don't, but, but they, they also, will not not wake someone up under those circumstances. I don't movie. know. We don't know if they did. Maybe that would lead to a comically exaggerated situation, which would lead to laughter. If Jimmy yeah. O Yang refuses to allow any, indi- they're coming up with greater and greater catastrophes that are happening, and that's why they need to wake her up, and he's refusing. But they don't do that. And Instead, it's too bad. they yes. trick him into showing pictures of pugs, which he's a pug <laughs> enthusiast. This that's is a one character of those things, trait. It's such a it's such a random thrown in thing. And it made me so mad that it was like we've already established that Jimmy O Yang's ca- and Jimmy O Yang is fine in this movie. He, I, I like him in a lot of stuff. But the, 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 the they've, we've established that he takes his job very seriously at this old folks' home. That's his character trait. Use that in a funny way mm-hmm. to like distract him. Out of nowhere, they introduce the idea that he is a pug owner who who is so attracted to Jane Fonda's character that he that she hits on him and asks to see pictures of his dog, and that's enough to distract him. They wheel Rita Moreno out. It's a, but then Glenn Turman announces what that Pat Sajak is in the mm-hmm. building, which itself yep. feels like a dated reference for like things old people like. But uh, yeah. maybe they still like him. But yeah, I think yeah, he still hosts he, the show. But yeah. And they sneak her out, and she wakes up in the car. Oh boy! That, that, I do that, like I do uh, like when they she wakes up in the car, and they're like, "We're going to the Super Bowl," and she's like, "What?" I have <laughs> to say, that's, that's one of two moments that that Reed Moreno has in this movie that I laughed at. And but but luckily they have overcome this gatekeeper. Uh, Joseph Campbell's uh, eighty for Brady story structure continues to hold that they have reached past the they're on to the next portal as they get to the place where they will gain knowledge. They will then bring back with them. They yes, overcome Dan. it, but that's part of my. So, so part of my problem with this movie, right? Like the the normal version of this movie, or not normal, but like the Let's typical not use version the term of this normal, movie, Dan. Yeah, the typical version of this movie would be mm-hmm. funnier, more of a, more of a road trip film, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Like what confuses me about this movie is it sets itself up like it's going to be a road trip movie, and like that lends itself to this sort of ramshackle structure it wants to have where it's just like a bunch of encounters, a bunch of shenanigans. A Muppets movie uh, type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in another movie, like maybe they would miss their flight because of this and then would have to cobble together ways to get to the Super Bowl where then they would have more tr- obstacles to get over, blah, blah, blah. This movie, they have this easily surmountable obstacle at the beginning they fly to where the Super Bowl is going to be. They have a bunch of unrelated shenanigans in that area that have nothing to do with like the central thing, really. 
and then they have problems losing the ticket. We'll get to you it. You know, the but thing like, is, Dan, maybe it, it is inspired by a true story. So maybe they're dedicated yeah, maybe to just the telling the real story. story. They said, we, we wish that we could have had them miss the flight. That would have been really funny. Opened up a lot of comic opportunities. But the yeah. real ladies did not miss their flight. <laughs> no, so no. We had to, yeah. We had to stick to the facts, you know. Yeah, their, their flight was very nice. Uh, uh-huh. in, in real life, it uh, it actually got in a little early, which oh, is always wow. wonderful. You know, you can pull that off if the, the winds are with you. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, said, they, said, they said, we have to follow. Look, we made this movie. with. We made a promise that we'd follow Vera Chitilova's, uh, pr- uh law that you have to tell the truth on film. you got to be honest. And so that's, that's what we did. But yeah. uh, I think the— uh, Anytime there was any conflict or drama that threatened to break out, we said, no, no. <laughs> that didn't that happen. That would be truthful. <laughs> now, here's here, here. I think you're right. If this was a stronger movie, they would have obstacles that were real obstacles, and it would be funny to see them overcome them. I think, one, there's something about the idea of watching these performers face the indignity of having to go through acting out, overcoming those obstacles, that mm-hmm. is makes me cringe inside. So it's like, in this movie— Nothing much happens. They just skate through it. But I'm also kind of like, you know what? I don't want to see these. These I love these performers. I all all four of the leading ladies in this movie. I feel like I am a fan of. I've loved their work. I think they're great. Yeah. And I Dan, kind of don't, don't don't get Dan's about to get weird. Just calm, just tamp <laughs> yeah. it down. And We're doing a podcast. Of, the idea of seeing them go through like scenes in a bad movie where they have to really exert themselves is kind of pain. If it was a good movie, I'd be like, yeah. yeah. But the idea that in a bad movie they would have to like. Even later, when they're like, they have to I do like a dance that routine. Not, it's I like so that they're not la- exerting themselves that much. Yes, even when they have to like pr- do a dance routine, it is not a comically overwrought dance routine where it looks like they might hurt themselves. It's uh, just kind of them shuffling I, uh, around, and I'm like, you know what? They've earned it at this point. But it, honestly, it, it, it does agree. also make it a bad movie, though. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you on that. I think you could still have that sort of breezy skating through. Uh, attitude while having you know like a story that sort of hangs together mm. as and more yet, as just in like your a favorite movie Birdman <laughs> yeah, that okay. does not hang together particularly it does not <laughs> no yeah the unexpected uh, benefit of not hanging together is that what <laughs> something like that mm-hmm. uh, so the uh, the the ladies fly off to the Super Bowl. Uh, they have a there's it's just a couple a lot of little sketch scenes. Sally Fields never flirted before, and she tries to flirt with their with mm-hmm. their driver. Uh, they all have to share a hotel room, and the hotel is just decorated with stand up cardboard standees of football players, and they mm-hmm. lust all over them. Uh, and uh, uh, Lily Tomlin she goes into another fugue state near the Tom Brady one, and, and yeah. it appears to be talking to her. Uh, that night, Lily Tomlin gets a call from her daughter, played by Sarah Gilbert. It, I was oh. very excited to see her. Mm-hmm. I get somewhat like I feel like. I'm gonna look. We said it already that the ladies this are beautiful. A lot of crushes in this movie. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. huge crush on Sarah Gilbert when she was on Roseanne. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. yeah, so, of course, yeah. And uh, dark-haired, sarcastic. Was she girl. the yeah, was she the I, writer of the comics or the? Yeah, she was the writer, and David was the artist, right? For sure. Yeah, David wasn't yeah. gonna be able to think of those things. He was kind of a lunkhead. You know, he's like a nerdy lunkhead, but he's kind of a lunkhead. So, you mm-hmm. know, she was the but she was the, that <laughs> lunkhead. That lunkhead made a lot of money on that Big Bang Theory, so. <laughs> well, again, I'm, this is the character I'm talking about, not, oh, not, not right, the right, actor. Right, right. right. But uh, anyway, so she's Lily Tomlin's daughter. She goes, the hospital's been trying to get in touch with you. Where are you? Oh, I went to New Hampshire with the girls. Oh, that sounds nice. Anyway, you should call back the hospital. They have test results for you. And uh, So we have a ticking clock. What more tick- do you guys want? <laughs> yeah, we have a, uh, the next morning. Everyone decides. An unrelated ticking clock. <laughs> yeah, it's not related to anything that's going on. It's a thematic ticking clock, and it's yeah. not even really a ticking clock because we never actually see the result. <laughs> Spoiler alert: <laughs> we never get the results of those tests. It doesn't matter. It's like a, it's like the bowling tournament in Big yeah. Lebowski. It's we just, can get it's it by, not real. 
We can get by implication what 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 it was, but yeah, it's never. It's said. the opening of Philadelphia's largest building. I get it. Yes, ex- yes, thank <laughs> you. At least, yeah, in that it is, t- in that we are being so teased, we are given such narrative blue balls by what's going to happen with that. With yeah. that, uh, oh, the opening of Philadelphia's largest building. You I know, love the moment when when James McAvoy goes, and now to go to the building, and then they tackle him again, and he just never gets there. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so it's morning. Everyone decides, Sally Field, you are the most responsible of us. You hold the tickets. And she puts them in her fanny pack, fanny pack, which she refers to as a strap-on, which leads to a comical reaction from a waitress at the hotel. Uh, Yeah, this is a joke that was repeated multiple times and did fail to get funnier for me. It fails. It doesn't really necessarily work. (laughs) Although I will say, not since the bird that has a a funny reaction to James Bond's boat in that (laughs) it turns into a car, (laughs) has there been a more shoveled in a reaction from an actor in a or in a in a movie to like they literally cut away to a waitress who goes hmm? and like and has wide <laughs> eyes with shears strap on that we never see that extra again we never yeah. see we never, I wish yeah. I, I wish there was like a bulldog or something in there that like would do a take yeah. obviously I wish that later on with this whole strap on joke that she would mention her strap on and somebody would pull out a big old strap on sure of course um, that would I mean, not. I mean, not to use Dan, to, but to just as a, a capper. I'm not to, the so one can, being weird. So she can understand why people have been thinking it's weird all that time. It's the, yeah. it's, the, it's a joke that has no payoff. It, except, I, yeah. I just want to say that I'm I'm glad that you elevated that pigeon to the level of actor when you <laughs> made that comparison. I mean, earlier. technically, it is a piece of stock footage of a pigeon that I think they reversed, so it yeah. looks like it's yeah, moving like its head. Yeah, like three times. It does like a triple take. But look, Dan, Dan, all I want all writers to be recognized for their work. I want all actors to be recognized for their work, sure. and that means sometimes animal actors too, even mm-hmm. if it's just stock footage that has then been manipulated <laughs> to, to in, a, in a sort of Kuleshov effect moment where it looks like it's it's reacting to something. Okay, so. They go to the NFL pregame experience. Now, my only experience with one of these events was when the Writers Guild Awards was held the same weekend that the Super Bowl was in the New York area, and I had to wade my way through the intense crowds Mm. of Times Square to get to the Edison Ballroom, and it was maybe the scariest moment of my entire life. And I've flown in helicopters over Afghanistan when there was an active war going on for a week. I wasn't, it's not like I served there. And this was the scariest moment of my life, was wading through these crowds and feeling like if this crowd decides it wants to go in a different direction, there is nothing I can do about that. I am just going to be swept away, maybe never mm-hmm. to be seen again. So, but this NFL experience oh, is a little that's bit like, less. Yeah, that's like when I uh, when I go to Gen Con and I'm there for the opening of the vendor hall, and everybody wants to get all the cool new games right away, and I'm exactly. right up front every time. Exactly. Just, this I just want to be carried away, swept away into that big hall of games. <laughs> this and this this NFL experience is a little bit. A little bit lower key. It's a little bit more modest. Uh, they each have their adventures. Lily Tomlin defeats a Falcons fan in a football tossing contest, and then becomes like a a football tossing hustler. Uh, mm-hmm. And she with her ha- hype man Rita Moreno. Yes, Rita Moreno is her hype man. Rita Moreno is betting on all of it because Rita Moreno. We now learn her second character trait that she is an excellent gambler. Her husband uh-huh. was a was a gambler <clears throat> who was bad at it, but Rita Moreno uh-huh. was the good gambler in the. Family. I did like I did like the joke when the guys like. The guy running the stall is like, hey, no betting, but I actually don't care that much about my job, so you can do it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good joke. That was funny. Uh, Jane Fonda, her Gronk Erotica book is on sale in hardcover, and she finds there's a lot of fans there, and she holds a reading of it. Uh, and Sally Field enters Guy Fietti, as they insist mm-hmm. on pronouncing his name, because I guess that's how he pronounces it. That's how he pronounces it. No, yeah. Name. I, but but, <laughs> it, but it, 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 does, it, but it did stick out every time since the average American says Fieri, uh, although I'm sure Fietti is the proper way to say it. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, no, it, 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 yeah, it's definitely a situation where he told everyone, and they're like, "Okay, that's you know, we want to respect you, that's Mr. Fine, yeah. Like, but but it does seem odd because other than uh, I've never heard it pronounced that way. Other than on my brother, my brother and me, where they overpronounce it correctly as a goof. You know? Yeah. So, so when Sally Field is running around, uh, running past each of the outhouses or the portajons, saying, "Mr. Fietti, Mr. Fietti," it, it feels very. False. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Sally Field, she enters a Guy Fieri-hosted uh, Spicy Wings contest, which she easily dominates. <laughs> she just she destroys everyone. Because she's hungry. She, just, she wants to eat some wings. You guys, yeah. I, for me, Sally Field is the MVP of the, yeah. of the four Very of them much in this. so. Most valuable and performer. Yeah. She, like, you know, the stuff that I did find charming was mostly her and, like, her sort of lack of just like blase attitude during eating all of this like hot food. Yeah, like eating yeah. hot sauce is called like the devil's taint. And was stuff very like funny, that. but not in like a not in like a <laughs> I'm cool, I'm eating all of this way, like, oh I'm you know, I'm so good at eating hot food. As a like she genuinely is just like really hungry. How would they have shown like, that? Like with like Dutch and, angles and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm, that the joke could have been like I'm so cool. And like in some ways that was kind of the Lily Tomlin joke of like, yes. yeah, you don't expect her to be good at this, but she's yeah. like, guess you what? Know, she's actually amazing. showing up all these Whereas there's just something about the casualness that Sally Field has. And also has. the casualness in which Sally Field throws down on these wings. Yeah. Yeah. If you see, there's a lot of scenes of these women getting big plates of football food in front of them. And at no point do you see Jane Fonda even come within a she doesn't even look at a the food. mile of taking a bite <laughs> but Sally Field's like getting it all over her face yeah, give me yeah. those wings she says I mean she's there's a, there's a part later on where Sally Field is dancing in my notes I say Sally Field is adorable like it's you yeah, know she's great. She, she definitely they, none of them come off badly from this but she I think maybe because Sally Field like I don't have a sense of like her as a persona as a like she she plays different roles whereas Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Reed Moreno, I have a persona in my mind for what they're like as a their er character mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. travels between roles. But Sally Field I don't and Sally Field really like um there's part of me that's like I bet this is what Sally Field is like. If not, it's an amazing <laughs> acting job because it feels so natural, mm-hmm. but I bet she's just like a cute lovable person, you know. Well, so, there, I did I who loves wings. I did who just see, cannot who just can't can't, can't can't stop shoving wings in her mouth. Yeah. I did see um a fair amount of like promotion for this get passed around on the internet, like okay, like interviews of these uh, actresses talking to one another. Because on, on you, your as Cougar you, Reddit board that you, yeah, that sure. you visit, as sure. you can imagine, like they're just very fun to see. You know, at, Gene Siskel had that famous thing where it's like, is this movie more or less interesting than these performers just hanging out and having lunch yes. together? And it's and much less interesting than that. The yeah. movie is much less interesting than these interviews where you just get to see the real people. And Sally Field, I would say, is sort of charmingly grumpy. <laughs> She's like well, lovably kind of like, great. yeah, prickly. <laughs> I, I believe that. I, I mean, it, it is only occurring to me now, which is amazing. That I think this is the reunion of Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Like, have they not worked together since 9 to 5, or did they work together uh, in between the two? Like, uh, that should be, that should yeah. be a big 
That should be no. a bigger thing that is exciting to me, and yet it's no, not. No, they, they, they work together all the time. They're on, what, Grace and Frankie? Oh, that's right. They did oh, Grace yeah. and Frankie together. That's right. They work together all the time. I never watch that show because I don't want to watch anything bad <laughs> yeah, you on don't, Amazon. You don't, yeah, you don't support the uh, the LGBTQ movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I don't, I, I, if Baron Vaughn's doing something that's not Mystery Science Theater, I'm like, traitor, I'm not going to watch this. But uh, the, <laughs> So I forgot. They work together all the time. They had their reun- reunion. Never mind. No, so no wonder with this, it's it's nothing special to see them together. Uh, anyway. I mean, so, yeah, the, it is. It's always special to see the two of them together. They're great. Oh, yeah, just like it's special for all of us to see one another together. Yeah, that's right. Old mm-hmm. friends. Yep. Yeah. Eventually we'll be in as fruit friends as the wind blows. <laughs> as different friends. friends as I can only grass. hope that when we're like <laughs> when we're like 80, we'll be doing a movie or a podcast where we really want to see some sports figure that's half our age. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we're 80, probably less than half our age, probably. Yeah. I mean, it I mean, depends on the sports figure. Maybe it's a golfer. That's true. <laughs> a golfer who is slightly older than us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, they all have those. And and one of the during this during this wings contest, Sally Field does something that doesn't make any sense. But we know it has to be done for the plot. She takes off her strap on, which Insane. has the tickets in it, and mm. it is so telegraphed that this is something that's going to be a plot device. But anyway. Other also Jane Fonda, she's approached by a fan of her erotica. That's right, it's Perseus himself, Harry Hamlin, as, as Dan O'Callahan, a former Super Bowl champ, and he is totally into her. He recognizes her as a former spokesmodel for what I had assumed was a local chain of stores, but I guess is a national chain. Again, there's no there's no sense of a frame of reference in this. Everything but exists he might have, at the, he at the level have, of everything. He might have played football for the. For the, play for the local Patriots. team, yeah, yeah, uh, for the for the local team. You know, I also played for the local team, <laughs> uh, and they all they're all hanging out with Guy Fieri. Uh, they're invited to a big party by Harry Hamlin, and Guy Fieri is like, "You gotta go. I'm gonna be there. It's the biggest party about the Super Bowl." Uh, uh-huh. And they go at the party. They lazily are handed and accidentally take pot gummies by. Is it the host of the party's? teenage daughter or, or college-age daughter. Why is she there? What is she? She doesn't seem to want to be there. She's not dressed up yeah. for a fancy party. I mean, maybe like, she's paid to be there. You never know. Makes and sense. It wasn't that's true. Like, she's I mean, a, she's a gummy these, service girl. She's just, yeah. She just does gummy service. Yeah. In one of these, we accidentally had pot scenes. Like, yeah. usually Like that movie, we accidentally bought a zoo. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we accidentally had pot. Um, <laughs> Man, I was so high last night. I bought a zoo. <laughs> Can you believe um, it, man? <laughs> um, <laughs> you got to be real high to buy a zoo, man. Because you got to apply been for that the. High? You ever been so high that you're still high while you apply for the loan, <laughs> while you fill out the paperwork, man. you get licensing from the state, man, and you're still high. There's and so many up. rare animals. They don't just let you have that. But no. I was high the whole. Time. I was so high. I learned how to take care of a cassowary. I didn't. I didn't. I wake up. I come out of it, man, and I'm feeding a cassowary. And I'm like, how high was I? I guess I'm. I guess this. I guess that's my. My. Uh, my. Um. Oh, my. My. Uh, SNL. My SNL character, yeah, that's my, that's my. So I guess I'm going with the guy who wandered into, the guy who's high and wandered into Super Bowl. Man, I'm just glad I wandered into a Super Bowl party this time because last time I was high, I bought a zoo. (laughs) Anyway, the point is, yeah, I wake up, I wake up, and I'm laying out food for a scarlet ibis, and I'm like, what? What did I do? Luckily, it's mostly birds, as I said, exotic birds, cassowaries, scarlet ibises. We've got cormorants. Yeah, we've got all sorts of birds. Oh man, we've got. We got, a, what? We, got a, we got a spoonbill. Oh, wow. We got a yeah. hornbill. 
oh man, what did I do last night? And for the past four years, it took me to go to zoo school. I, I, come, out of, I, wake, I come out of this high man and I am in the middle of receiving a plaque for 20 years of service to the state owning this zoo, which has received numerous awards. It's like... All my oh. life, it just passed me by. Yeah. That's how high I was. And anyway, kids, that's why I'm here to talk to you to stay <laughs> off drugs. Because before you know it, your life has passed and you are a respected elder in the zoo-owning community. <sighs> anyway. You wake up in bed one day realizing, wait a minute, this is not my beautiful wife, but it is Jane Goodall. You married her. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and short weird, times are weirdly enough, she doesn't actually like uh, gorillas. <laughs> no, she's, well, chimpanzees. Jane Goodall watches oh, chimpanzees. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, so she probably doesn't like gorillas. Fucked it up again, Jesus! Oh. Oh, that what a great run until Stewart had to throw oh, them, throw the nail strip in our way and pop Ooh. our tires. Yeah. We need to oh. fact check that one. Uh, um, well, how many point. how many how many chimp Pinocchios do we get from that one? That's what you get when you tell lies about chimps, chimp Pinocchios. Yeah. Uh, Chimpinocchio. Anyway, we'll come on down to Chimpinocchio's, mm. the only Italian restaurant entirely <laughs> staffed by chimpanzees. We get a lot of casualties. A lot of people don't leave this restaurant alive. I think uh, uh, I think we we have almost as many Pinocchios as the 2023 movie slate. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners can't see Stewart's Johnny Carson ooh, face after ooh, that one. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> So, Dan, uh, what were you going to say about 80 for Brady? <laughs> Just that usually if you're going to have a scene in a movie where someone accidentally takes drugs, it is in, say, a brownie that is Easily mistaken for just a normal, like the fact that this girl saying just that you're saying someone at a party gummies. wouldn't normally wouldn't normally take pl- uh, gummies out of a plastic bag, <laughs> exactly, and, and assume that it was not a drug. Okay, especially because these characters have clearly d- smoked pot before, at least some of them. Yeah. like they like they they're mm-hmm. like it's not it's not something yeah. it's not like they're like oh my god drugs oh no what am I gonna do they're like irritated by it they're like ugh we took drugs by accident you know yeah this, I gotta ride this high out yeah exactly uh so anyway they do that uh and uh they decide they need to find Guy Fieri as Rita Moreno really starts tripping she wanders into she puts on a, a eyes wide shut mask and she wanders into a room that's how you know it's a nice house yes she wanders into a poker room where everyone has Guy Fieri's face including mm. her and it's it, just and like I, the bubble <laughs> that's I was I watch it I'm mm-hmm. like this is the same joke as the bubble has anyone in Hollywood ever done drugs do they yeah. know at all what the effects of, of pot are because again <laughs> as we talked about in the bubble episode go see it Smi- as seen in our bubble episode smile and Stan uh, that like the there's no there, like we does when, not make you it doesn't make hallucinate. you hallucinate like <laughs> you don't it's uh, anyway so unless yeah. those were, I mean maybe it's the, like Triggering an underlying condition she has. <laughs> That's possible. That's possible. She is older. I mean, maybe they were acid-laced gummies. I don't know. Yeah, but it seems- yeah, yeah, microdosing. But even, I mean, I don't know. In the various times I've done acid, uh, I never imagined everybody's faces were someone else's face. Am yeah. I... Dan, Dan, mm, I well, I Dan, mean, you've you've gone through the doors of perception. The only what, has that ever happened? To you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had we're shrooms we're all we're all pinheads. Like we're all seekers of the patterns. Far, the and I've experience. I've never done psychedelics because my my handle on reality I think is loose enough that I don't really want to push mm-hmm. it over Man, the edge. No time like the present. Let's just <laughs> yeah. be fucking. I don't know. Weird, I mean, right? In your forties, why don't you get into it? Yeah, you that's know? it. Come I, on. What, just when I become comfortable with the number of things I see in my waking life that I know are not actually there, I should start throwing some throwing some new things into my path. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Uh, uh, anyway, it just made, it's yeah. the kind of joke I would have expected from like Skidoo, like a movie from the 60s where middle-aged people are making jokes about drugs and they've never done yeah. them. But you know Jane Fonda smoked pot. You know Lily, Tom- Lily Tomlin probably smoked pot that day. Like, you know this is not mm-hmm. a thing that they know that doesn't happen. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Lily Tomlin and Sally Field, they're mad that they can't find the tickets, but then they do dance on the dance floor a bunch. And- this was the time, the I think the one time in the movie I audibly laughed, and it's when Sally Field uh, stoned, hears the music, wants to start dancing, takes her jacket off and just throws it on a guy who's passing by. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know, I mean, it's not even a joke, it's just she does it well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she. I mean, she sells the material. Yeah. She punches a guy in the face. She then uh, commiserates with him and learns how to flirt. And she ta- she tells her husband off. And this guy falls in love with her. Yeah, uh, he it's tries great. to kiss her, and she says, "No, yeah. that's not what we're doing." And uh, anyway, uh, Rita Moreno comes out of her hallucination to find that she is dominating a poker game with Billy Porter, Patton Oswalt, Marshawn Lynch, and Retta. Right? Like those are the people mm-hmm. she's yeah. playing with. Yeah. And. She, and Bill, but Billy Porter is not playing. They're not playing themselves, I guess. Billy Porter is playing a character named Gugu, uh, who, who we find later is a dance choreographer. And she just totally wins. And uh, eventually, well, we'll get to what happens there. Uh, Lily Tomlin reveals to her daughter. Sorry, Thanks Gilbert for drawing her, out the suspense. By yeah. The way. yeah. So that Lily Tomlin reveals to her daughter that she's in Texas and she's refusing to find out the results of the hospital tests because she's worried it's just going to tell her that her cancer has returned and she cannot handle that. Uh, she catches Jane Fonda making out with uh, Harry Hamlin and is tells her about the tickets being missing. She's mad they're making out. Uh, Rita Moreno, she wins the pot at the poker game. She did it. They can buy new tickets. Oh, it was a charity poker game. And... Uh, she and so I think she in in honor of B- Billy Porter she she donates it all to Broadway Cares right because that's yeah. his cause yeah uh, much like you can donate to the Entertainment Community Fund at entertainmentcommunity.org to help support uh, writers and other entertainment professionals who may be in need if this strike goes longer anyway they still don't have tickets uh, Lily Tomlin's mad at Sally Field that she lost the tickets because she's like this was my last chance this is my last chance and uh-huh. she hasn't told them she's expecting hospital results she hasn't opened the hospital results but she's assuming they are negative and that she is dying next morning and also it- and also Thomas Brady nearing the end of his career that's part of the as far tick- as they know yeah oh, they see. don't, they yeah, don't yet know theme. that Tom Brady will soon retire and then come out of retirement mm-hmm. uh, to play for at a different the, team at the expense of his uh, his marriage <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah. Well, we don't have to get into the, it. Is it is uh, at no point do they talk about Tom Brady's marriage in this movie? Weird. And it seems like something they might bring up if they're ladies who have a crush on him, but maybe not. Anyway, I guess we say there's a Giselle shaped hole in the heart of this movie. Uh, mm, so anyway, well, maybe it's one of those things where they don't want to talk about it because if they don't mention it, it doesn't exist. Like when you buy a zoo, and <laughs> <laughs> you don't mention it. No, the zoo yeah. is still there, Stu. You need to feed those animals. <laughs> no, but if you don't tell anybody, it's not like real. Right. Yeah. If you buy a zoo in the forest and you don't tell anybody about, <laughs> did you really the zoo, buy a zoo? Yeah. 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 Now, I haven't seen that movie. Do they like do if you a- don't check your bank account? Yeah. The money's still there, probably. Yeah, sure. Though, right? sure. Do they do a what? We bought a zoo reveal party where they reveal what they bought <laughs> to their friends and family. Is that a scene in the movie? Because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. And you know what? I stuck with Cameron Crowe for a long time after I should have known better, but I mm-hmm. missed that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I don't know. So, Elizabeth so- Town, right? He did that one. He did yeah. do Elizabeth Town, yeah. Yeah, that has uh, both mom- moments in it that are, like, very interesting and fun, and then, the like, a bunch of stuff that you're like, why is what? Did why? he do, uh, huh? did he he did do Aloha, right? Did yeah, he do Aloha. Mumford? Hello. Did he do uh, <laughs> I don't Mumford think he did Mumford, is, no. Is that uh, Feels like an oversight. Lawrence Kasdan? 
It might be Lawrence Kasdan. I don't know who did Mumford's Sons. Uh, oh, Lawrence Kasdan Mumford, yeah. but as for Mumford and Sons, I don't know. Mm. Uh, and yeah, and the yeah, Cameron. What is what was the last movie Cameron Crowe did? Was it Aloha? He must have done something since then, right? Uh, he did that show about roadies on Showtime. Oh, right, they, right. They've been called roadies. I, I think it was called remember. roadies. Anyway, uh, they the, the next morning it's game day. The ladies are hungover, but they've got to find a way to get those tickets. They split up to find a scalper, and we have the scene. The one scene I thought was funny where Rita Moreno is trying to haggle for tickets with a scalper, and mm-hmm. she keeps saying final offer and then adding more money. She goes, what if I paid you $100? And he goes, no way. What? You won't take my $150? No, I won't. Okay, I won't go as high as $200, $250. Like, she just keeps getting high. It's like, professional, is, yeah. I think she's so funny in this. She's just so, yeah. she's so subtle with it. Uh, so, that, so, I guess Rita Moreno, classy performer. I mean, get, don't take that EGOT away from her. It, she, no. Let her keep it, you know? <laughs> yeah, let her oh, keep it. Oh, thank God. She earned it. She earned that EGOT. Uh, so, Jane Fonda, Wow, Ellie just took all the stakes out of this episode because I thought if we came down hard, <laughs> we would have to take the EGOTs away. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I think I think let's 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 leave it. I mean, we may still take away the other awards, but Rita Moreno gets to keep hers. Yeah. 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 And you know what? Let's not erase the tape of her with Animal on the Muppet Show. Let's 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 leave that. Oh, great. Let's leave that oh, in existence God. too. Yeah. I didn't know that was. I had no idea that was on the table, and for a moment I was terrified. And then you. Uh, oh yeah, everything any of them has ever done is on the table. If we if we decide against this movie, oh my God. or yeah. will will ever do. Or will so ever there's do. a chance that when we go to see Fast Ten, uh, there'll just be a hole where her character was. Yeah. Playing Dominic Toretto's mother. Yeah, exactly. And, because, and and it'll just disappear, much like the zoo that you bought in the forest and therefore doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, if you, uh, don't, if you don't look at it, it's not really there. Yeah, I if, mean, you, dump, also, if, if you dump 500 pounds of pasta in a forest in New Jersey, then that pasta doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. <laughs> oh no, it's growing into giant stalks of pasta rising from the forest. Uh, we never should have done this. Uh, so so Jane Fonda, she goes to the sportscasters. This was when I finally realized that one of them was Rob Gorgie, which I felt bad about. Again, someone uh, I know yeah. personally. Uh, she asked for help, and they reveal that Lily Tomlin didn't win the contest. The contest nope. was won by four guys who are in a support group for men named Tom Brady who can never hope to live up to the name because it's it's uh, it's owned by such a hallowed Olympian of a figure. And I was like, fuck you, movie. Like, just shut yeah. up. Enough. It's like, if you can, Tom Brady, I'm not a football fan, so whatever. But like, you can love a, an athlete without presenting him. And like, they're not doing it, I feel like, far enough for it to be a joke. But without presenting him as literally the greatest man who has ever lived, and even to share mm-hmm. a name with him is to live in it, eternally disappointing the universe and disappointed in yourself. Like, Elliot, come on. have you spoken to Boston area sports fans about their feelings toward Tom Brady, though? <laughs> I have, but again, but this is not a movie that is for. I, clearly, I don't think they're making a movie just for Boston area sports fans. Like this is. But this I, was I'm a saying that there was a billboard for it in my Los Angeles neighborhood. You know. But these characters are all Boston area sports fans. So to them, that would seem like an impossible to overcome obstacle. Then I want I still then I want them to make it even clearer that I am not supposed to buy into the idea that if that, oh, that Tom Brady yeah, is I gotta the, say, this is was the one of my ultra of translate the Boston accents into this is one of my that, that, evolu- that evolution was a teleological process that ends in Tom Brady. And then and <laughs> now that it's happened, the universe will disappear because it's it's yeah. last the business high, has been taken care of. The high you know? evolutionary throws himself off a tower because uh <laughs> <laughs> he, he can never achieve the peak of greatness the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he cries because there's no there's no empires left to conquer because Tom Brady <laughs> has evolved. Yeah, yeah, Dan. Oh no, I sorry. I, <laughs> you were gonna say something? Well, you know, it took so long. Uh, no, <laughs> I agree, just in the sense that like this was a big problem I had the the deification of Brady and the NFL. Like, look, 
It's a movie called 80 for Brady that was made with the cooperation of the NFL. Of course, it's going to make those things look good. You know, there's going to be a certain amount of celebration of of Tom Brady in the NFL. But the degree to which this felt like a, like, you know, a mild commercial for those things, like, just irritated me. And I'm sure that if I was a a football fan, I would eat it up. But as a non-fan, I'm like, I don't don't care. Well, I wonder how my brother felt about it. I don't think he's seen it, but I should get in touch with my brother, who is one of the world's biggest football fans, and see how he felt about this movie. I don't think he's particularly a Tom Brady fan, but Mm. I think I should ask him how he felt about the movie and whether he was like, yeah, I understand. Yeah, of course. Dan, I know that recently you watched uh, Fighting With My Family, which is a similar sort of thing that's a celebrate based loosely on real events, mm-hmm. and it's a celebration of the WWE. Uh, how, uh, would you say that it's a similar thing, or? Uh, I mean, I did think that one of my least favorite parts of Fighting With My Family was when The Rock showed up to like be like, hey, look, it's me, The Rock. It's me, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He sounds a lot like Seabiscuit. I'm going to run for president someday. It's me, The Rock. I'm the world's most famous wrestler. How you doing? (laughs) Gotta go. (laughs) And all you you wanted was to see Florence Pugh, Nick Frost, and Lena Headey just hang out. Yeah, that was what I wanted out of the movie. Can I say that the weirdest thing about fighting with my family, I complained to you about it, but like the movie makes a point about like, Okay, like the fights are fixed, but they're not fake. Meaning that, like, yeah, they really get hurt. Yeah, they really get hurt. The outcomes There's physical are fixed, but stuff, yeah. but the outcomes are fixed. And yet, the movies and the movies' main theme throughout it has been like, oh, Florence Pugh's character has to find her voice. And yet, the big climax of the movie isn't that she finally like really like finds her voice and character in a way that you know she doesn't make like a big speech where you're like, okay, like. She's really trash talking. Like I see, like I see why she's gonna be a great WWE like diva or whatever. She's not know. able to get the like audience on her side. Yeah, by some like money. that stuff should be the triumph. Instead, they treat the fact that she wins the round, the match, as a triumph. And I'm like, but movie, you know that this is fixed. You said it. Like why is like why is this Rocky all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though Rocky didn't win, but he had a you know. He did yeah, eventually. Uh, he, yeah, he wins in Rocky Four, right? In Rocky Two through Infinity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wins. After the first one, yeah. he doesn't stop winning. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's that what that real song's side about, right? Path so Rocky Infinity is the one where he, Rocky becomes one with all existence, and then, <laughs> oh, and wow. then punch, punches the idea of non-existence in the face. <laughs> yeah. Come uh, oh, it's so awesome. Uh, so uh, anyway, they're running around looking for the tickets. Uh, Lily Tomlin is despairing until she hallucinates Tom Brady on a TV telling her not to give up. It's going to work out. Yeah. And Sally Field runs up. She found Guy Fieri and we, in the an audience, outhouse. No, it's going to work out. It's and I apologize. Be fine. I, yeah, I apologize. I keep saying outhouse when I mean porta potty. They're not. They're not. It's not <laughs> Little Abner's Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> she she finds Guy Fieri in a in a in a in a porta potty. This is when, if Guy Fieri, look, if Guy Fieri really had comic guts, he she would have said, "I left my strap on here," and he would have said, and he would have gone, "Oh, oh yeah, uh, I found it in the out in the porta potty," and then handed her a <laughs> <handed her laughs> strap on tildo. But the, but again, the movie's not going to go that far. Uh, so he goes, "Oh yeah, let's. I, I found your fanny pack. Here it is. The tickets are here." But uh oh, another obstacle. Joseph Campbell is cheering in in his yes. coffin yeah. because yep. they uh, because they give the tickets to. Uh, to the uh, to the ticket Ron taker. Ron Funches. Is it Ron Funches? And he goes, these are counterfeit tickets. These are not real tickets. You got scammed. And they're yeah. like, but we won them in a contest. And Jane Fonda's like, no, we didn't. And Lady Tomlin admits she sold her car and cashed out, I think, her savings so that she could pay for this trip because it's the last her last chance. She reveals, I got test results from the hospital, but I've been too scared to look at them. And her friends say, hey, 
whatever happens, we're your friends. We're going to be with you. And so it has taken this whole experience to show Lily Tomlin that the women who act out the same bullshit stuff every time they watch a football game to appease her superstitions are her friends and will do things for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and uh, sometimes you get lost in the weeds, you know? That's, yeah, how, that's true. how friendship works. Or lost works. in the weed if you accidentally take a uh, gummy and you, and you a end up buying a zoo. zoo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, now now you get all these exotic guys, birds to take care of. Guys, listen, is anyone out there, if you want to buy a zoo for me, please take the zoo off my hands because I am... Up to my ears in elephant feeding bills. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah. And if you think Dan knows how to how to keep a penguin alive, you are mistaken. <laughs> so please take this zoo away from him. <laughs> that's what. That's what. That's in the. We bought a zoo Bible. That's what we bought a zoo. Christ said, "Please, Lord, take this zoo away from me." <laughs> yeah, but then but he not my will, but your came, will. Yeah. It goes, it goes when he and he uh, and he as he was on the cross, the hyenas started laughing, and he said, "Lord, they know not what they do because they're mm -hmm. animals. They're not even really yeah. laughing. It's just a sound they make that sounds kind of like a laugh, Please and not even that them. much like one." Uh, so. Rita Moreno, she sees Billy Porter walking in, a.k.a. Gugu. He reveals he's <laughs> Lady Gaga's choreographer. That's how mm -hmm. he has the name Gugu. And he helps them get into the game by proving to the to Ron Funches that they are his dancers by putting them through a very minimal dance because routine. Because Ron Funches no, went to the same uh, Oh, no, it's a, different, it's a different security guard. It's not Ron Funches. Yeah. Sorry, it's a different security guard. But, like, that security guard, and, and later on, Ron Funches, all seem to have gone to the same training school as Jimmy O. Yang because they all take their jobs very seriously. I feel like they're all on the same, like, Reddit message board, like, complaining about people who, like, don't break the rules and shit. Well, yeah, except yeah. for this, I mean, this guy doesn't take it seriously because no, he's he, like, because he, he lets says, them through. you're very clearly uh, not dancers. He takes it incredibly seriously cool, because he's, so. he lets them in because they're such good, clearly professional dancers. Well, here's the thing. There's two, there's, and, and former Secretary of State William Seward, when he was running for president in the, in 1860, uh -huh, he yeah. made it clear there are two laws. There's written law yep. and there's a higher moral law. The written law says you can't get in without a ticket or if you're a real backup dancer. The higher moral law says, Sally Field, you are adorable when you dance. I'm going to let you in to see the Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they get in, they did it, uh, they watch the game, and Jane Fonda is refusing to return Harry Hamlin's texts. She wishes she had a husband like Sally Fields, and uh, the girls appear on the Jumbotron, and that's when Ron Funches sees them, and he goes, wait a minute, how'd they get in, and kicks them out. But as he's kicking them out, <laughs> who he shows gets up? A, he, gets a, he gets a shotgun, and he shaves <laughs> it down to turn it into a sawed-off shotgun. Not on just, my watch. Just blast, he puts together a quad shotgun, like in Phantasm, mm -hmm. and just so he can oh, take man. them all out at once. Actually, yeah. if there was like a little like arming up sequence, I would have liked it. <laughs> yeah, like where he puts his walkie-talkie in and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. He's he's showing them out when who shows up to save them, like a Greek hero of old, but <laughs> Perseus himself, Harry Hamlin, <laughs> and does not have to chop off Ron Funches' head as if Ron Funches was Medusa, but instead no. just his mere presence. Ron Funches is like, you're a huge, you're an amazing star player. Oh my God, that was amazing mm -hmm. what you did. And he goes, they're with me, these ladies. I'm in the luxury box. Uh, they go to the skybox, which I have to admit, I was a little disappointed by. It just looks like wow. a, a sports bar over, hanging over a game, you know? I mean, I guess it's impressive what you, for a place like that. What do you think I thought they are going to have like a hot tub and like, you know, like also like fancy stuff. Yeah. Maybe like yeah, yeah, a yeah. Dance like Revolution like game. Yeah, like the Maldives or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can look at the, the floor Dubai. is clear and you can see the ocean underneath. <laughs> Everything's pearls. Yeah, exactly. There's an infinity pool. There's living statues that are that are there all day. You know? <laughs> living statues. <laughs> you know, oh, man. Turned to stone by a gorgon, no less. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. <laughs> yeah, like like Perseus himself knows, and uh, that yeah, that there's it's just like something the Borgias would have. Is what I imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like you expected there to be a giant coin, a giant like a two face <laughs> yeah, coin, dinosaur robot. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> a big Joker That's card. That's a luxury box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you think that Alfred's ever like, can we, sir? Can we get rid of the giant coin? Because I have to polish that thing, and it's not like we can get. You know, a task rabbit in here to do this. This is a secret lair. Yeah. Can, and, and instead of developing like, technology to monitor everybody's like cell phones and shit, can you like teach the bats to clean stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Batman's like, sure, Alfred, I'll just get rid of all of my memories while I'm at it. Sure. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. Let me just think back. Uh, do I have living parents? All right, sir. You're right, you're right, Alfred. I will get rid of the penny. Oh no, hold on. Who pays whose salary here? Do you pay <laughs> Batman's salary? No, Alfred. Batman pays your salary. Do what you're told. Because you know what? I don't care. Batman look, Batman, he's still a rich guy. He's still one of the part of the one percent. He's, so, he's terrible. Do you think yeah, well, but he's a violent he's a violent that, solution to a mental illness problem. And that's and that's really no, what that's happened. True, it's yeah. true. But uh do you think he's gonna be that cavalier with mis- mistreating our Alfred when Alfred could go out there and write a tell all like that? Like oh, No, that. because oh, Alfred yeah. signed an NDA, Dan, because Batman uh, goes, Go ahead, Alfred, write your book behind the cowl. I will sue the shit out of you, old mm, man. I'll yeah. sue you so hard you'll wish you died in World <laughs> War II when you were a spy or whatever you did. I don't I didn't watch that show, says Batman. And Alfred goes, you didn't watch Pennyworth, the origin yeah. of Batman's butler? Yeah. It's about to be the season finale of Pennyworth, <laughs> or series finale, sorry. Anyway. Yeah, uh, okay, you think, and, and Alfred uh, goes, wait, series finale? I had hope for a moment that we'd come back. Yeah, Alfred's yes, like shopping his resume around, trying to get a new gig, and they're like, well, uh, there's a pretty big hole in your resume. Why can't you <laughs> talk about that? No, it says you were a spy until 1946, and then there's nothing until just now. <laughs> well, I worked for a prominent family, but I signed an NDA. Can you, well, can we call them for a reference? No, I'm not allowed to say which one they are or what vigilante their son grew up to become. <laughs> or what sort of flying mammal they, <laughs> the son themed his career on. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, squirrel man. Yeah, of course, of course. And Alfred's like, no, they don't truly fly. They merely glide. There's only one kind. <laughs> Of flying mammal, you mean humans? Because we have airplanes. <laughs> okay, I guess there's two kinds of flying I mammal. Mean, if you technically, I guess he's also a human. So, <laughs> wow, he, I mean, he shouldn't be arguing with his potential employer. <laughs> well, oh no, Alfred has already like, tanked the interview. He knows yeah, that he's not getting yeah, this job. He's yeah, not getting it. Yeah, yeah. Now he just wants the minor victory. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so uh, Glenn. Tur- so Fo- Jane Fonda apologizes to Perseus. Uh, Glenn Turman calls Arena Moreno and is like, "Hey, the people here think that you've been kidnapped. Is everything okay?" And she <laughs> goes, "You know what? I'm going to move back into my own house because there's no reason for me to live in an old folks' home. And you can come visit me whenever you want." And I think it's supposed to sound flirty, but it doesn't. And Glenn Turman takes it. It, not in a flirty way. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, he takes this if he's been dumped. Uh, so then she runs into Andy Richter, who is a huge Falcons fan who has paid for this skybox. And from this point on, for a long time, it's just them watching the actual game footage of the game. Yeah. It's like the end of The Fighter when you're just watching a boxing match on TV. And it's like, oh, okay, I thought this was a movie I'm watching, but I guess it's an NFL films movie where I'm just watching game highlights. Uh, how did you guys feel about this section? I know you're big leatherheads, so. Uh-huh, yeah. We're uh, big leatherheads. I, don't mean the, I don't mean the Ninja Turtles gator bad guy leatherhead. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. football fans. Yeah, this is a time This is a time that I allowed myself to take a little more leeway with the amount of attention I was paying to the screen when it was just game <laughs> footage. Now, Andy Richter is yeah. not playing Andy Richter, no, he's right? Playing he's playing a character someone named else. Clark. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Maybe Clark, makes he sense. wears glasses. Maybe he's Clark Kent, and he just had to get. He didn't invite Batman to to this nothing Super Bowl game. Sc- nothing on the screen would say otherwise. <laughs> There's um, nothing in the playing, movie that fights the idea that he's Clark Kent. He's playing yeah. Clark Gregg, actually. It's oh, weird. Wow. Well, that's oh. good. I'm glad Clark Gregg's in more stuff. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, well, someone playing him at least. Uh, so yeah. the the uh, so the Falcons are winning. The ladies are just upset, but they realize across the stadium, I think, is the coordination booth where they call the plays. They race over there. And Sally Field, they break in. Sally Field gets on the mic and starts calling winning plays using her math abilities. <laughs> I love it. And, and uh, Lily Tomlin uses the headset mic that is a direct Batman to Commissioner Gordon call line <laughs> to Tom Brady to talk directly to Tom about how his playing inspired her to get through chemo. He turns around and looks up at her. She must be several hundred feet up in the air. But, but he's shot as eyeballs. if they're face to face. He has eyeballs like a hawk, Elliot. Yeah. yeah I guess he's, he's got those like, quarterback eyes. He's like Mechanic. He can just see huge distances, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, again, and I should, again, uh, Tom like Brady Baron is, Munchausen should scoop this dude up and put him in his <laughs> <Yeah>. team. <laughs> he is more than human. He is the greatest of all of us. So, yeah. And he is so inspired by his speech that he he's not going to give up. She says, if you don't give up, I won't give up either. And he goes, if you, she goes, if you fight, I'll fight. And Tom nods and understanding and shouts, let's fucking go to his teammates. And to be honest, I was kind of surprised to see a major athlete in a movie using a swear word when he's talking to his teammates. It's the kind of thing that like, I feel like in the old days, the NFL would be like, the, the major league baseball certainly would not have allowed that kind of thing in the past, but that NFL would be like, we're good. We're good, clean people. We don't swear. We're, we're boy scouts, but he, but he just says it just lets that F bomb fall, you know? Well, also he, this movie that is clearly geared towards families for that matter, that they're just like, okay, you've got one use of the word fuck and you're going to use it here, I guess for, I guess for the, the amazing well, thespian it Tom been, Brady. It should have been when, uh, when Jane Fonda was reading her Gronk erotica. It yeah. should have been. <laughs> it should have been. But when her Gronk erotica is so tame. Yeah. That's when Gronk fucked me. <laughs> <laughs> Gronk, he said, as is his want. <laughs> His own name, Bronk. <laughs> he just repeated it over and over again. Uh, and uh, Tom Brady goes off and newly emboldened leads the Patriots to the comeback victory that is part of the historical record <laughs> as we watch more real NFL footage. And at this point, we're just that watching the, the football game. I remember watching this game, this Super Bowl match at, uh, at the bar and being like, yeah, the Patriots are losing. I can't wait to see that happen. And then it, it, he, it turned around and I'm yeah. like, fucking Lily Tom. <laughs> well, yeah. that's, that's, yeah, that's the other thing is that this movie takes it for granted that we understand also Tom Brady is amazing. That's why he can say fuck because his tongue is the philosopher's stone that transmutes the base metal of, of a swear word into the gold of, of beauty, <laughs> yeah, of, po- yeah. of poetics. And uh, But they take it for granted when for much of the country, they hate the Patriots. They don't like Tom Brady and the owner of the Patriots is generally accepted to be a bad dude, right? Like not a uh-huh. good person. So the idea that like, Anyway, the, just the uh, just the base assumption of the movie that we're all on Team Brady and Team Patriots. Anyway, so everyone celebrates. Of course, Lily Tomlin is now bankrupt, uh, but Rita Moreno reveals she made a bet with Andy Richter on who's going to win the game, and she has won enough to pay Lily Tomlin back for the whole trip. Oh, uh, cool. And, so, and pay and, for her potential uh, cancer treatment? Yeah, I, well, we have to hope so. <laughs> she hasn't found out the results yet, so we don't, okay. and we'll never she, find she, out the results in the movie. She did just get the one watch from that guy. That's so true. I'm, I mean, I, I know that they're very expensive, but it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, and uh, Ron Funches comes over to them and says, and you That's come with me. That's the thing about watches is like, you can either get like a $100 watch or like 10000 
dollar watch. There's no like in between. There's, I guess ten thousand won't really cover cancer treatment, right? Cancer no. treatment's like I mean, I don't know what her insurance is like. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. also she has to pay back for the tickets and she has to get a new car because she sold her car. Yeah, that's a big part of it. So we better hope that this is not like, she's not like, I won his watch. And she takes it to the jeweler and he's like, well, this is a Casio calculator watch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here's your problem. Uh, uh, Now, have you ever heard of a thing called a swatch? (laughs) (laughs) Is this worth anything? No, but you can write boobs with it. (laughs) I want to introduce you to to someone named Fido Dido. I think this may explain some of the situation. Uh, So anyway, they think they're in trouble, but they're taken to the locker room where, thankfully, all the players are still sitting around in their clothes. They are not in various Convenient. states of undress as they normally would be in a locker room. They meet the players. It turns out Gronk based, has a copy based of on Gene the Fonda's short book. pornographic films that Elliot watches. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, that's. Uh, I mean, when? Why wouldn't I? Why couldn't I watch a short pornographic film of that nature? You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if Tom Brady's going to be in it. Yeah, this is America. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm curious about it. Look, did, did I was I did I want to see that nude photo of Harpo that recently went up for auction for sexual reasons? No, but I wanted to see it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah did probably most of your close friends uh, text it to you? <laughs> yes, it was texted to me, and also the link was tweeted to me by a number of people because they understood if there is any person's penis that I want to see, it's Harpo Marx for sure. <laughs> and also, like I've read so many stories about him taking off his clothes as a joke. It was like, that's great to have mm, photographic. Like as a, like as a goof? As a goof that he would show up naked at things and things like that. He was very free well, with yeah, his that's, body. That's a, that's a pretty good goof. What do you think, Yeah, Dan? yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a harassment angle that I want to learn a little bit more about. The- yeah, might want to tamp that. Dan, no, yeah. Dan, I heard a great, uh, someone, someone I, I forgot who was, said that when you're famous, you get to do that kind of thing, and it's, people are okay, okay with it. And, that, and it seemed sure, that sure, bad. Sure, 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 anyway, sure. Anyway, the, the, the evilest man in the world said that, so it, I think it's— <laughs> He certainly anyway. wouldn't be found guilty of a sex crime, uh, <laughs> thus making my nickname for— <laughs> Well, no, found found legally liable in a civil case. That's Dan. true. I, not, I hate to. We are in we are in flop court. Otherwise, I would hate to. Uh, you yeah, know, that's true. Hairs that way, man. Anyway, and I am I'm winning this one. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. So Gronkowski has a copy of Jane Fonda's book. They meet each other. It is implied that they are going to bang. Uh, and Willie I found Tomlin, Gronk yeah. only has like a word to say, basically. But yeah. I found him funny and charming in a way that then like Tom Brady has a long monologue that he is not up to. Up to. Oh, no, Rob, Rob Gronkowski is, I've seen him in other things and he's a, he is a genuinely charismatic and like funny, like performer. Mm. He, like, he's, he's mm-hmm. someone who, if this was, if this was called 80 for Gronk, I think it would have been a better movie <laughs> in a lot of ways. It would have been a sillier movie. Uh, but anyway, Lily Tomlin finally meets Tom Brady and he tells her that she inspires him with her courage in facing cancer. Oh, wow. And this is the long speech that he gets that he does okay with. It's not yeah. great. Uh, he wants to swap He wants to swap jerseys with her, but his is missing. And this is not a plot point, and I don't understand why it happens. I don't know why they couldn't have just had them swap jerseys, but instead he looks in his locker and he's like, oh, my jersey's not here. Doesn't pay off in any way. Yeah, don't I know why like it's come back. There must have been a scene where one of them already had stolen the jersey that then— this was orphaned from that, maybe. maybe? I have no idea. It's yeah. possible. It, it really feels like a weird moment. Cut to, it's 2020. Tom Brady is back. He has retired and returned. Everyone's at Lily's house. They're all wearing jerseys, I think, for Tom Brady's current team. And they is are reenacting. Ta- Tampa Bay, Tampa? Something. The, the, the Tampa Bay tampons or something. I don't know what the team is that, that plays for Tampa <laughs> wow. Bay. But, uh, but anyway, they, they, they reenact the superstitious game ritual credits. And then we get a little bit of a, we, we see that it was show, based on a true story. And then we get a little 
pre-credits scene where the ladies Ooh. are hanging out on the beach in Florida with Tom Brady, and he's like, uh, and he's like, you know, I don't, I don't know why you would retire. And they all laugh and laugh. They're all buddies now, <laughs> I, I, and I assume they all get, they all get a night with Brady, and they live out their fantasies off camera. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, and that is eighty four. Were there, we, were we there goofs, more guys? Than I expected. Were there, there were goofs? no. I did not see any goofs. No. Yeah. Was there a scene where no the characters are goofs. dancing over music over the credits? Well, I mean, we already not saw over that the in the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. The but movie. they didn't just loop that footage. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> With the hamster. Is, I don't think that. I don't think <laughs> that hurts my case. I think it's fine. I think <laughs> it's fine. I would have had so much more respect <laughs> for the movie if they had looped that footage over the hamster dance for the entirety of the credits. Yeah. A sped up version of Roger Miller's music from uh, uh, the Robin Hood movie. Yeah, yeah. That is oft, oft reference here. Anyway, um, so yeah. I have a cat the, on my lap. The that's sexiest sh- movie of all time. Distracting me very much. Sure, yeah. Robin Hood with, with Russell Crowe, yeah. So let's move mm-hmm. on to uh, Final Judgments. Whether this is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, a movie we kind of like. Uh, Stuart, why don't you go first for once? Since <laughs> yeah, here's your closing fence. argument. Yeah, here's my closing argument. You know what, guys? I watched this a second time, and again, because I watched this previously, and uh, I didn't hate it. Didn't (laughs) didn't hate this movie. Uh, Part of it, I I didn't hate it. Raves Stuart Wellington of the Flophouse. I mean, I'll say that like it's hard. Even even when with the material they're working with, I can't help but enjoy watching these four women do stuff. Like they're such fun performers. And uh, just having an excuse to watch them be even a little bit silly is great. So uh, do I like the NFL and or uh, the Patriots or Tom Brady or anything? No, of course not. I don't give a shit about that. Uh, But I think this movie is fine. It's absolutely fine. I kind of like it. Uh, I didn't know that absolutely fine and whether we hated it or not. What's the Were the the only choices? Yeah, I mean, like, certainly I did not find this as unwatchable as many of the movies we end up, you know, proving me wrong by watching for the flop house. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I didn't, the mitigating fact of having these women in, as the leads only went so far for me. Um, if anything, it probably made me more angry that they had so little to work with. Uh, you know, I don't want to give this film credit for having, Good actors, and then giving them nothing to do. Stunt like, casting. Uh, I wouldn't call it stunt casting. It's just good casting. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I don't know. This movie was a whole lot, lot of nothing. Like they didn't even do the basic minimum of making this type of movie, which would be to, you know, have a sort of a a plot that had a some sort of connective tissue between the individual scenes <laughs> rather the, than the, just the, the, the a fact series that the of ma- stuff. The major conflict of the movie would essentially be solved by visiting Lost and Found, and that that the movie builds up hospital test results that we never actually find out. Like it just never, mm-hmm. we don't even get closure on. It's, I, I don't know. They they imply there's a chance, there's a moment in the flash forward when they're all setting up to watch the game, and they imply that there's a chance Lou could be dead. But then yes, she comes do. out That's of the true. kitchen. They do have a they do have a brief moment where brief they where out. she is not there. So you think maybe she's dead, but she's still there. And even that, like the 
the movie just doesn't have the the courage to make more of that moment. Like it doesn't, they don't do much with it. But yeah. it's a, it is a, I agree with Dan, it's a real nothing of a movie. I would call this a bad, bad movie with the caveat that like, I like a lot of the people in the cast and I'm glad they got paid for doing something. <laughs> yeah. But it, I wish, but it does feel like a huge waste of, a huge waste of potential talent and potential, potential laughs, potential drama. It's just a, it's a real it is a movie that uh, feels – it's like this is the kind of movie I expect to see after the writer's strike where they had to put it in production. They didn't have a finished script. They're working off of an outline. They've got to ad-lib it on the, on the fly. Like that's what it feels like. But So wait, are you, are you tell, telling me that the with the writer's strike, I could get more movies like this? Oh, <laughs> yes, that's what I'm no, saying, you turn, it, you turn them against us. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. No. Let me get my drool bucket. I mean I will also <laughs> add a caveat, which is like – I mean, it's a caveat, yeah. Obviously, to some degree, this is true of every movie, but like, but it's not real. This, <laughs> uh, the the this movie is not for everybody. Like, and I could see a different audience, one that uh, is less snobby about comedy or story structure, and just wants to see like their old friends together and likes football. Like, oh, if sure. you think like that me, you're dude. into but this type those, of movie, I'd like, be willing to bet that. Those are not the listeners to this podcast. Sure, I think but I, this this movie fails, I think, on the would my mom like this level. There's a bunch of movies we've seen where my mom would have liked them. And I think this would have even failed to, yeah. to have enough to keep her to keep her attention, you know? Yeah. But you're right, Dan. There are I sure there are people who are like, I want to see these stars. I like Tom Brady. Finally, they're all together. And it's it's everything I've always dreamed of. And now it's my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Um Okay, well, you know, as we said, God will uh, render his judgment, I, I yeah. presume, upon— I haven't been struck down uh, with lightning yet. —the day of reckoning. Because that yeah, got Unfortunately, it's not going to happen until the day of judgment when the dead rise again and, and the souls are weighed and 80 for Brady is finally given its just, just yeah. decision. Yeah, yeah, whether it's sent to heaven or hell. Um, but uh, until that time, you know what? We got a few sponsors for uh, the podcast— and one of them is the New Lumi England Patriots. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh no! Now it's Lumi Labs. Lumi Labs microdose uh, gummies. Our show today is sponsored by microdose gummies. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Say, um, I don't know. You want to relax after getting all tense watching Eighty for Brady and uh, you know yelling about all the, the 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 rich veins of of character conflict and and plot uh, incident that they have left on the table. You I mean, can chill I guess, out with a microdose gummy. For <laughs> I guess what I was mad about with Eighty for Brady is I paid for the whole seat, but I was only using the edge. Mm -hmm. I, I'll tell you this about microdose: uh, they're available nationwide. It is uh, to learn more about microdosing THC. Go to microdose.com. And use code FLOP, that is F-L-O-P, to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that is microdose.com, code FLOP. We also have another sponsor today, folks, and that is a Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. That means your products content you create, and even your time. What's more precious than time? I can't think of anything. Uh, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to help share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. 
You can gain powerful insights into who's visiting your site and how they're interacting with your content with our in-depth website analytics tools, including page views, traffic sources, time on site, most read content, audience geography, and more. Squarespace has the tools you need to get your business off the ground, including e-commerce templates, inventory management, a simple checkout process, and secure payments. So head to squarespace.com flop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code flop to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. Trans representation in media is at an all-time high with trans entertainers gracing the screens large and small. But trans voices, especially black trans voices, are rarely centered in our own stories. That's why we bring you a new limited series called We See Each Other, the podcast, co-hosted by me, journalist, and better half of the Max Fun Podcast, Fanti, Travel Anderson, and me, award-winning journalist and media personality, Shar Jossel. All of it is based on my book, We See Each Other, A Black Trans Journey Through TV and Film. Now listen, folks, we're having a very different kind of conversation. It's giving kitchen table talk. Mm-hmm. We get into the Discord. Honey, tune into We See Each Other the podcast at maximumfun.org or wherever you get slayworthy audio. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Diablo 4, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Baldur's Gate 3, Starfield, Spider Man 2, Master Detective Archives Raincoat for Nintendo Switch. No, is that just me? <laughs> it's a huge time for video games. You need somebody to tell you what's good, what's not so good. And what's amazing? I'm Jason Schreier. I'm Maddie Myers. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. We're the hosts of Triple Click, a video game podcast for anyone who likes games. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Uh, Any more business before we move on, fellas? Let's move on. Well, let's move on then to letters from listeners. Listeners like you. Who have written letters to us. This one like is... me. Yeah. <laughs> this one's from... Listeners lit- like you, writing letters to podcasters like us. Listeners like you, writing letters to podcasters like Stu. Listeners like you, writing letters to you. Don't write letters to you, because you're already you. Write letters to us, and specifically to Stu. Stu gets lonely. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get enough letters. I, don't. I see the way that he runs to the mailbox each day. He I opens it up, and to his dismay, there's <laughs> yeah. no letters in there. Oh, Even though he me. has great hair. Thank you. Stu needs letters, so send him some letters. Uh-huh. Send letters. him some letters today something to read wow it's been a while since we had one of those okay dan this gets is... too many letters oh, he doesn't what? want any more of those letters well, that's not true he can't even shove the door shut on <laughs> the mailbox <laughs> he has to put some locks on his mailbox like because the mailbox won't stay shut too Paul many letters. songs that has a bunch of different too many letters Okay, well, this is from Olivia. Elliot is happy (laughs) with the amount of mail that he gets. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He doesn't Mm -hmm. get too many letters. Doesn't get too few. He likes the letters he gets from you, and he'd like you to maintain the current frequency of letters that you send to him. Dan, where'd you go? That was my letters suite. 
Uh, Dan needs to plug his laptop in so that we can... Oh, no, he needs to plug oh. his phone in because all the stuff he's downloading is fucking up his phone battery. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess there's time for more songs then. We heard some I'm, stories I'm, about letters. I'm breathing. We heard some stories about okay. the better ways that we could write to Stu and the ways that we yeah, could me. write less to Dan and write just the same amount to me. I, letters. I'm, uh, I'm People like to get letters, but uh-huh. not too many or too few. Because in this life, oh, we've only gosh. got a certain amount of time for letters. Brought to you by Cheddar. I, I'm reading the... Cheddar, the, the most popular cheese there is. Off my, is that true? Um, I think so. I'm reading letters off of my phone, and and uh, my phone was very close to dying. Oh. And I, I thought that if the That'd song went on goof. any longer, maybe, I wouldn't maybe. have any more juice, so I had to I had to go. Anyway. So listeners, hey, right. Americans, we got to buy Dan a printer because he's reading the letters right, sure. off his phone, and that phone <laughs> is running low on energy. If he could print out those letters... He'd have paper copies for his archives. And when he dies and leaves his papers to Earlham College, they'll have your letters. And you'll know that you live on whenever a student writes a thesis on Dan's recipienting of letters. Brought to you by Cheddar, the most, oh the most popular cheese in the world. Um. Anyway, this letter is from <laughs> Olivia, last name with Helen. Coleman? Who Olivia writes? De Havilland. Hi, guys. You know what? I'm, I'm just gonna say I would what? be I would be excited by either of those Olivias writing a song. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Olivia the pig from the kids' book of the same name, not as exciting, exciting to me. But oh, still also. exciting. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Hi guys, I'm doing my yearly flop house re-listen. Don't worry, I don't start all the way back and I skip some guest episodes and movie minutes. And it got me thinking. Thank you, I was worried. It got me thinking. What movies have each of you seen the most times? Has Stuart really watched Castle Freak, Head of the Family, The Invisible Maniac, and The Granny as many times as he's recommended them? I feel like The Granny is an outlier on that, on that list. Uh, does it's Dan harder to find. still come back to his used-to-be-frequently-referenced CD shelf to watch The Monster Squad? Does Elliot have dishwashing favorites? Thanks to, for all the hours of listening. Olivia Lasting withheld. Uh, what movie have you seen in the theater the most? The th- Theater. Oh, in the theater the most. Uh, I know this isn't directly the question. I, my answer is 100% Fellowship of the Ring. I think I've seen it like nine times in the theater. I So I I am not one to go and rewatch new release movies in the theater. Not even like Mad Max Fury Road or something? Uh, no, I only saw that the one time. Um but in the no, theater. wait, no, You've no, seen no, no. It since then, though, right? No, no, I saw it twice in the theater. I did go yeah. and rewatch that one. I think I, I saw know. that twice within a 12 hour period. Um, <laughs> but it tends to be more like, okay, over the course of several years, if there's something that's like a repertory thing. And I, I, I mean, I've probably seen Stop Making Sense three or four times in the theater. Yeah, I, I just I've got tickets. I just got tickets to a repertory screening of Reanimator. Never seen nice. the theater. Can't wait. In, in the theater, I've probably seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. The most times, mm. but also maybe the taking of Bellum One, Two, Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's possible. I think if you're talking movies overall, seen in any medium, I feel like I used to rewatch movies a lot. Now I feel like I never have the chance to because there's so many movies I want to see. So I guess I rewatch them and I watch them with my kids. But probably either one of these four is the one I've seen the most overall. Star Wars, the first one, mm-hmm. A Night at the Opera. 
The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3, or Singing in the Rain. One of those is the movie I've seen the most, and I'm not sure which it is. I've seen those, yeah. I don't know how many times, many, many times. I had um, some VHS tapes that I had dubbed off of TV that I watched over and over again, and it's Late quite Late at possible. night when no one else was around? <laughs> yeah, those are the movies I'm talking about. Well, there was the, there were those, uh, but it's quite possible that it's one of these three. Uh, <laughs> aliens, Heathers, and kind of an outlier, uh, Army of Darkness. Oh, I just watched yeah. over Almost and over a plural. A I like that the first two were plurals. Yeah. Any chance any of those were taped off of TV so you had the commercials in there? Uh, I, I think it would have been taped off HBO because I really tried to avoid taping stuff with commercials. I didn't like it. But nowadays you're like, I wish I saw part. those commercials. No, I know. Now yeah. that I'm old, I want to see those commercials again. I'll... Go to God, YouTube and watch. I saw, if I saw those goddamn commercials with the fucking McNuggets doing the skip to Maloo McNugget, <laughs> yeah, oh. it would just make me so happy right Sweet now. Sweet memories. Guys, I thought of two other movies I should have put on my list that I can't believe yeah. I forgot about. Yeah. Gremlins and Gremlins 2? Well, I'm combining those. Gremlins, Gremlins okay. 2, I'm combining. But that and The Wizard of Oz, which I can't yeah. believe. That, that might be the movie I've seen more than any other. It's probably The Wizard of Oz. But Gremlins was one when I was a kid I watched over and over and over again. So it's one of those. I've certainly seen It's a Wonderful Life a lot too because I used to just, you know, whenever it, I would run across it during the Christmas season, I would watch it because I really love that movie. See, so. I'm def I'm deliberately not counting A Christmas Story because those times when TNT would run it for 24 hours straight, yeah. I don't celebrate Christmas. I'm not doing anything that day. So me and my brother would watch it a couple times. But that, I feel like that's inflate. That's pumping the numbers. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. You know, that's messing with it. That's artificial. I've definitely watched Ricky O's story of Ricky a lot because I'll find people who haven't seen it and I'll be like, I guess we're going to watch this together. Mm -hmm. Be prepared for this journey. Um, let's move on to the next one. It's from Zach, last name withheld. And it's kind of, let's Zach call Rapp. this, oh, wow. let's call this uh an epilogue to last week's behind the scenes mini because it's a behind the scenes question. Mm. Who, okay. Uh, and it's one that I, I think Is we this have. showing a higher level of production than we usually do. I like that. Production planning. Yeah. Uh, this is a question that we have answered on the air before, but you know what? We do pick up listeners along regrets? the years who don't remember every little bit of lore. So uh, it's they good They don't to, remember every little bit of lore we tell them. Every little yeah. thing we say on here. I was wondering Every about Every little thing we say <laughs> on the podcast that you take in through your ear. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give it to him. Yeah, I guess I do have to give it to him. And what I'm giving him, <laughs> this lawsuit from the police. Wow! Oh! Oh! cab. Oh, so they're nowhere when, when they're needed, but they'll sue me over, <laughs> over their songs, huh? Guys, I think you both are showing a lack of understanding. About so the police the are either, the they won't protect people, but they'll hassle protesters and they'll sue me. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm getting questions from Audrey about dinner. <laughs> no, please. Talk about it on air. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying that so you guys can vamp a little. While is I, that the uh, question now yeah, that we're so going to answer is the dinner? What, so what is Dan going to eat for dinner tonight? Mm, yeah. What does my tummy feel like putting in it? Are you still on your are you still on your like low FODMAT diet? I I well I am I have started to add a few things back in. Oh cool. Uh I, I'm sure you'll all be glad to learn that uh onions and garlic aren't, aren't oh, the thank problem. God. Yeah, that's that would be horrible. A yeah, lot of you trouble. need those. Those are wonderful. Uh corn syrup that I, you know, could would be good to eliminate in general, but isn't yeah, it's everything. Not good for you. So yeah. it's hard to avoid. What if we lived uh, in a world where onions and garlic were in everything except for corn syrup? What a heaven that would be. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, uh, you know, soy sauce, we eat a lot of. Yeah. Soy sauce. Uh, so those related. are back in. Those are back in. Those are back yeah. in, okay. baby. If you, you know, listeners who, you know, if you want to track it on the big board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fill those in on your, uh, on your bingo cards. <laughs> on your Dan's current diet bingo cards. Don't cause me to have violent bowel movements and uh, just, uh, yeah, we can just do, normal uh, bowel normal style ones. Dan, you shouldn't be eating. Ones. You shouldn't be eating guns and swords. That's, I think, part of the problem. Mm. Yeah, uh, but I needed more iron. Elliot does a <laughs> flip take out of the <laughs> panel. Just my shoes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, and we've done it, people. We have our bazooka Joe for the week. Oh, that was a hard one. All right, come back on Monday with three ideas each. We cannot have another week like this. Three ideas each. Um. We have uh, put off answering this question for a long time. Anyway, it goes like this. I was wondering about the theme song. I've never heard you or the others flop, floppers talk about it. It's great. What's its story? Who made it? What kind of direction did you give the musician who created the created it? Zach, last name withheld. Um, it has been uh, mentioned before, but as stated probably a long time ago, it is done by Keith Bergun. A guy that I knew through Brock, I think, recommended yes. him. So, so Our my, mutual friend. My, my former writing partner and sketch partner and one of my close friends, Brock Mahan, mm-hmm. uh, he is one of his close friends from childhood, I believe, is a man named Keith Bergon who now works mainly in kind of gaming, role-playing gaming and video gaming, I believe. Mm. Um, uh, but he's also a very talented musician, and he wrote that song for us a long time ago. Yeah. And as for the instruction, he, he originally gave basically the same tune – but it sounded a lot more bluesy. He said he was like inspired by the idea of flop house to do a bluesy thing, which uh, makes sense. But you know, for our show, I was like, I don't know if that's right. Could you Simpsonsify it a little bit more? Like, the, I want a little bit more like the circus kind of energy of like that goofy theme song. And he just ch- took the same tune, changed the instru- instrumentation around a bit, and uh, got us our our theme song. And that's the story. Mm-hmm. And now you know the rest yeah. of the story. It's great. If you're familiar with the podcast. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And if you're familiar with, uh, was that Paul Harvey? <laughs> yes. If you're familiar Did with that? the reference to Paul Harvey, a radio <laughs> storyteller. Wait, I thought he was, uh, I thought he was like an invisible rabbit or something. Uh, no, that's just Harvey. I don't oh, know. He has another name. Is his first name Paul? <laughs> uh, no, no. I don't know. Harvey his was last just, name might be Paul. <laughs> Harvey Paul, oh, wow. he's one of the yeah. Paul brothers. Yeah, he got in trouble because this he, he was an imaginary rabbit at a suicide forest in Japan, and oh, he made no, light of it. No, that's too bad. Yeah, oh. yeah now oh, he's an amateur no. boxer. I know those are two no. different Paul brothers, I that's, think. Uh, Maybe yeah, it's the same one. You, Elliot's cast a Paul over the proceedings. It's <laughs> a different <laughs> Paul as well. But. Oh, wordplay, 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 oh, wordplay, wordplay. Oh, fuck. Oh, should, I got to join that picket line. I'm a writer you now, get, guys. You got to do it. You are a writer, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Um... Talking about... Uh, yeah, why don't you talk about it? Uh, <laughs> We're here. <laughs> uh, talking about stuff. Yeah. I, I forget the segue I was going to make. I started... So you went for the most the most general universal <laughs> yeah. segue that anyone could use. The, the one so that's behind is, the glass that says break in so case of need of segue. Like stuff? <laughs> so this is the part of the podcast where we recommend a movie that you might want to watch after watching 80 for Brady. <laughs> or <Yeah>. instead of... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that I watched with my good old pal, Dan McCoy. We oh. went to a movie theater. Oh, I, 
Uh, he's this cool dude sitting next to me. He's got a little bit of an attitude, but I love him for it. Uh, we went to go see Evil Dead Arise. We went to an afternoon screening. There were a lot of children there, which is crazy for a movie about a demonically possessed mom who kills her kids. A movie for that any has movie that has Evil Dead in the title. Buckets of blood. Several more buckets of blood than the film titled Buckets of Blood, I Surprisingly would say. Yeah. little blood in Buckets of, in bucket yeah. of Blood, yeah. Uh, only one bucket full. Yeah. Evil Dead Rise. Uh, it's been like, what, 10 years since the Evil Dead remake. It is not related that I understand. Um, the Evil Dead remake, I recently rewatched. A lot of fun, not goofy at all, just very bleak and super gross and gory. But what an ending shot. It's amazing. Uh, and a great setup. But Evil Dead Rise is kind of like a mix between the bleakness of uh, the remake and the goofiness of the original trilogy. Uh, it has a, uh, like a lot of horror movies now, it has like a big opening with a scary part. And then we pull back and we have a lot of setup and it takes its time and it kind of introduces the world and this uh, apartment building that the uh, deadites uh, will slowly turn into a horrible hellscape trap. Uh, if I guess if there's a, if I have a critique, it's that it is very obvious with seeding its Chekhov's, I don't know, wood chippers, tattoo yeah. needles, et cetera. But, but it's fine. To the degree That's that also, I and it also like feels like it, it's of a it's, piece with Evil Dead movies. Like Evil Dead yeah. movies don't hide. They're not subtle movies. <laughs> the Evil Evil Dead series has never been a, a subtle. I, yeah, series. I think to me it was tipping its hand in the same way that like. Uh, you know, a Three Stooges short would tip its hand where it's like, now I'll, now I'm going to go away while you clean. Don't break anything, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it too. It was good enough that um, there was a woman next to me who I had to tell to turn her phone light off and who then gave me a look like I was an asshole for uh, pointing out that that was not allowed. But how do you say it? How do you say it? Did you say it like an asshole would say it? Uh, I said you can't have your phone on in here. Oh, okay. I get wow. it now. Um, I, I don't know that you're the hero of the story, Dan, but I'm glad. But it is germane to the audience's understanding the, of of Evil Dead Rise. So, what are you talking about? You you can't have no, your no, phone no, on I get here. It. No, it's, it's fine. literally it's true. Fine. No, no, we need you on that wall, Dan. I'm just, and I'm just saying, you know, I gotta look like I, you know, I'm the problem, and uh, the fact that I didn't stress over that for longer than. Seven minutes is a testimony yeah. to the uh, the power of the movie. Yeah, it's really I was fun. able to put it behind me wow. in a way that uh, often a lesser film, Dan would be stewing about that for the entire runtime. Yeah, it's it's good and gross. It's gory. It's fun. It's goopy. Thumbs up. Got the four um, Gs: good, gross, gory, and goofy. Mm -hmm. I want to make it clear also that this woman was not doing anything arguably necessary on her phone. She was, she had her photo album open and was scrolling through it during the was first- it, Was it the hidden like, folder? Five minutes of the film. <laughs> it seems so. like she, the movie wasn't really grabbing her attention. So maybe we should get on her here, get her on here to rebut Stewart's recommendation yeah. of the film. I think that's actually a good idea. And if anything, to reunite the two of you guys so you could squash <laughs> this ba 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 beef. Uh, on today's flop court. I mean, it seemed, it seemed to be fine. Uh, They're married it, now. Yeah, I'm not- <laughs> wow. Look, it's not – usually I try and find something that's not oh, literally the number up. one movie. I know where this is going. Oh, he's going to recommend 80 for Brady. Recommend. Uh, you know, it's nicer to shine a light on something people maybe haven't heard of. But I haven't seen a lot recently, and the thing I enjoyed the most was the new Guardians film, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. 
Uh, AKA the Adam Warlock movie. If you have- uh, I haven't seen it yet, but from what I've heard, they do not do Adam Warlock justice. We'll hey, let Dan finish his recommendation. Sorry, sorry. I mean, if all you care about is Adam Warlock, this movie That's is, true. Not, is not going to serve you well, mm. uh, Adam Warlock-wise. If you have enjoyed the previous two Guardians movies, I think you will enjoy this one. Jim Starlin and turns I would off say the podcast. That I think that <laughs> one of the reasons I- I know that Marvel fatigue is real is that no one, I've heard very few people talk about how absolutely bizarre a lot of this movie is. Like, I feel like, you know, 10 years ago, if there was a blockbuster where uh, part of it was, I don't know, they, they go to a living like space station where they have to carve through the organic skin of the station <laughs> to go in to do a little heist, uh, that w- people would be like, can you believe that this giant blockbuster has like this weird stuff in it? But now mm-hmm. uh, I guess I mean it's it's the third movie in a series that stars a talking raccoon that shoots people. So I I know, but part of my point is we become a nerd to it, and I'm saying like if you are a little marvelled out, like this is a movie that is still has a lot of the weird spirit and and still pushes further than I think you would expect out of a big silly blockbuster with like having weird fun stuff going on at all times and uh yeah it's- and emotional stakes that actually mean something like jokes that come out of the characters rather than just being like let's we need to quip here you know yeah it's like it's genuinely fun i've i've seen it as well and it's genuinely funny and it is like i feel like i went in kind of with a chip on my shoulder and there was a few things that I I had some issues with the uh, the the animal cruelty and the emotional manipulation of it, uh, but uh, maybe that's just me. I don't like seeing animals getting hurt. <laughs> no, 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 Dan I mean, loves I, that stuff. Though. I yeah, well, this is, I don't know why. Like, I am a big time animal lover. I think it is for me. Number one, the fact that they're all CGI animals. <laughs> <laughs> like that helps, and I know that uh, the the higher brain functions, you know, are still locked in, and they're just like, actors. I don't need to. But but also, just like I think it is to an end. Like it is clear that James Gunn is upset about the idea of like animal cruelty and animal testing, and mm-hmm. this is his vehicle towards that, rather than it just being like let's show some fucked up shit or something. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he also shows some fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's good. It's fun. Uh, I'm recommending also a, a movie that I guess has some f- fucked up animal shit in it and is kind of a horror <laughs> movie, but it's also a documentary somehow. And that what? movie is the Academy Award winner for Best Documentary in 1972, The Hellstrom Chronicle. So The Hellstrom Chronicle is a documentary about insects that is factual. It has the some of the most amazing close-up insect footage I've ever seen. And it's telling you real things about insects, but it is narrated by a fictional scientist who is trying to convince you that we are in a life-or-death battle between humans and insects (laughs) for who will be the ultimate owners of the planet. And it's the first time I've seen a documentary where it's like, it's a documentary told as if it's a horror story, you know, and uh, with with fear as its main impetus, but also the fear is so over the top that at times it's funny. And some of the, there is some footage of ants overrunning animals at one point that is very, that is genuinely very frightening and disturbing. And it was directed by uh, Waylon Green, who has done a lot of TV writing work, but also wrote the screenplay for The Wild Bunch. He wrote the screenplay for Sorcerer. He also wrote the screenplay for Solar Babies, but you can't, you can't totally hold that against him. (laughs) Oh man, he nailed it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, uh, it's just a, uh, 
it's a, it was a really like uh, cool, and it's and it's written by uh, David Seltzer, who wrote the screenplay for The Omen, uh, among other things. Uh, so there's it has a real horror feel to it. It feels scary, but it is a real documentary with real footage of insects and real facts about insects. And I thought it was a really cool way to get that information across. But also, it was it was really fun to watch a like a horror documentary that wasn't like a found footage type you know, mm-hmm. thing, but mm-hmm. instead felt like a documentary. So that's The Hellstrom Chronicle, and I believe it's on Tubi. Oh, I went to Tubi oh no, actually, Treasure. I, I, actually, I watched it on YouTube. Never mind. It might still oh, be on Tubi, but YouTube-y. I watched it on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> the original Tubi, YouTube. I went to put it on my letterbox watch list, and I found that something had already landed it there. So oh. you're, you're only doubling up the recommendation, making me more... Oh, Dan's salivating. It's, it's real good. Yeah. And I do want to mention, we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy and how it does not necessarily service the needs of Adam Warlock fans. If you're going to the Hellstrom Chronicle, ho- hoping that it services your need as a fan of Damon Hellstrom, son of Satan, uh, another mm-hmm. Marvel character, he is not. He does not appear in the film. I think the film yeah. came out before that character was, was what about, invented. What about mad scientist Darius Hellstrom from the Deadlands universe, tabletop uh, role-playing game universe? Again, does not appear in it. There is a scientist who is mad about things, but I don't okay. know that it's the same character. And you what about so. Strom Thurmond, who is currently burning in hell? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Also not, he was alive concurrently to when this movie was made, but it does not appear in it and is not referenced in it. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, full of facts. Uh, full of facts, the flop house. Um, hey, <laughs> we've gone long enough. Now it's time to say goodbye. And every well, I think, time I think two we hours say goodbye, about the right amount of time I to talk about eighty for Brady. <laughs> mm, can't um, wait for eighty-five, Brady. <laughs> uh, thank you, as always, to Alex Smith. Uh, he goes by the name of Howell Dotty on various socials. Now, if you if you're wondering, is this Howell like it's spelled in Howell's Moving Castle? It is mm-hmm. not. It is spelled. How L H O W E L L. I was gonna say like how C. Thomas well, Howell, but like that would or William you, Dean you Howell. You get to, you get a double W in that Howells. sense. So mm-hmm. oh. think of how well, but then remove one of those. Oh, okay, W's that's really helpful. And yeah, the space. No, no, to, to put uh, it into layman's terms, it's like uh, William Dean Howells without the S at the end of Howells. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. hope that that was. Edifying and more like Howl's Moving Castle, but with an E and an extra L. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that would have been the shorter one. I guess we could have just spelled it, that would have been the shortest way to do it. That would have been the shortest, but anyway, if you're interested, look up uh, all of his other endeavors. (laughs) Thank you, Alex. Just imagine you're saying, Oh, well, like you're like you're Robin (laughs) Hood or something, yes, Uh exactly. But with no space. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you're not Robin Hood in space, Dan. Like he lived yeah. hundreds like, of years ago. It's like you're tr- you're saying how in the hell, but you remove the in the and the H <laughs> yeah. from hell because you're from yeah. jolly old yeah. England. And so then smushed them together into one word. Yeah. Made it very clear for all of you. So <laughs> you can, uh, Alex, you're welcome. Um, and thank you to Maximum Fun. Go to MaximumFun.org to find other great podcasts on the Max Fun Network. But for now, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen saying, WJA Strong, please support us. We appreciate it. Okay, bye. (laughs) 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 On this episode, we discuss 80 for Brady. And we'll see if it's a home run or a strikeout. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that one's pretty good, too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we might have to do both Uh. of them. (sighs) Okay. And now, here we go. 
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.